You're listening to the Opie and Anthony channel on Sirius XM. The Ron and Fez show starts. Come on. Now! Reach out, touch face. Oh, 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 
to begin We are North Americans And for those of you who still think we're from England We're not, no We bit our planes and our trains till we think we might die Far from North America Where the buildings are old and you might have lots of mimes Buddies, it's the Ron Fez Show on a Tuesday, July 30th. It was 77 degrees outside. It's beautiful. Hicks finally got around to fixing the air conditioner outside, and it's much nicer. You're welcome. I'm going to try to keep it at this temperature for a while. Yeah, you should. Sun shining, breeze blowing. Maybe even drop it down two, three degrees. I'll put the order in. Good. Uh, so much to uh, get to today. Uh, you know, Florida's just blowing up last night. All kinds of crazy stories. But, Fez, I came in here and you were all choked up when I got here. Yeah. What the hell's happening? Just uh, how uh, the after show ended uh, with Sam, uh, Troy, and Zito going at it. And I... I understand, you know, guys not getting along, but why the use of the other F word probably about 50 times in the course of five minutes is absolutely beyond me. I don't understand why it would make you cry, though. It's just, this doesn't feel like a safe place to be. This doesn't feel like, knowing that that's the sentiment out in the hallway, and that this is the way people talk around here... It's just, it doesn't feel like a great place to be. Uh, I didn't hear the fight. I was uh, coming in. Did you hear it, Hicks? Yeah, I heard it. Now, it wasn't physically a fight. It was an argument, right? Um, it was an argument, but then uh, Troy offered to fight Zito downstairs. Yeah, they're not going to fight. No one should be... Uh, just go... Now, what, what was the argument about? Apparently, there was a beef from the Montreal trip. Yeah. Where um, Troy felt that Zito didn't do shit and felt that Zito was just there to report back to the bosses about anything that the ONA staff were doing. That's how I understand it. So we're just now catching on to the fact that Zito is a narc? Yeah. We told you that from when he worked with us. That's his <laughs> job. That's his forte. He's undercover. He's like an awful Donnie Brasco. Yeah. Do what we did. Uh, give him a tomato sandwich and he'll follow you around like a puppy. I don't even know what that means. Look, there's Laura over there just leaning against our window. Yeah, throw the deuces at her. Deuces up. Keep her peace size. Deuces! Come on, Laura! Deuces! Come on. We're all friends. So, Fez... Would you say this is a big deal or not? Is it as big a deal as Fez feels that it is? Uh, is this a safe environment? I don't, no. I, don't <laughs> I really think that the that Hicks should have the opportunity. You don't feel safe. Why? 
Because it's because you know you come to work every day and it's like you think people might like you, but they just hate gay people. But this is the thing. He didn't say it about you. He said it about Zito. But this is the thought. I mean, why? I mean, why go? Why is that? There's a million things to attack Zito about. Why scream that word over and over and over again? Um, I didn't hear it. Uh, Jeff, you're on the Ron and Fez show. Hey, Ron. I, I think you're you're about to be victim of a work here. I think Fezzy's trying to cash in, file some lawsuit, cash in on the, the sexual harassment or whatever. Uh, well, nothing was, yeah, but nothing was said to Fez. Am I right about that? Or because I wasn't here? No, Fez, Fez was not uh, in part <clears> of this at all. Did you come in and say that word is hurtful? Don't use it. No, I was still upstairs. Well, if you're upstairs, how do you not feel safe? I'm there, Fez. Come on, no one's gonna hurt you. You got bad back. You got bad back, Jones. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm fucking ever cripple. How's your back today? A little better. A little better. Did you get the thing that Leslie sent you about Tiger Bomb? Yeah, I, I never even heard of Tiger Bomb. I heard. I think that was on like Seinfeld once, wasn't it? Like fucking Kramer put it on his back. I'm not familiar with the with the product. No, oh. I'll try it though. Why not? I uh, the only one I know is Ben. Don't want to use that word because Fez is here. <laughs> Yeah, I'm using one of those Ben other F words on my back right now. Yeah. It's like a patch. That's like nice. Patch. Yeah, like a nice Ben patch. It's helping. All right, here's my buddy John and Mass. He'll uh, he'll fill me in on it. John, what do you got? Hey guys, how's it going? Hope the back's better, Pepper. Um, I heard that rant from Troy Kwan, and uh, I gotta say, for the first time, I I actually thought of Fez and understood his problem with the word. Really. That's how bad it was. It must have been a nut house in here. It wasn't. Well, the word was used a million times, like Fez said, but it, it was not used in a joking manner. It was used as hatred. Now, he's got the right to use it, but I, I think it's changed me where I don't think I'm going to use that word no more. Well, I appreciate that, John. I think you actually maybe have a little bit of a right to be upset today. Maybe not so much, but, you know... I, I, I'm with you today, Fez. This, uh, this was stunning. I never thought I'd hear John on Fez's side. <clears throat> Alright, um, you have a little piece of the fight? Yeah, this, uh, this is literally how it well, started. Was Sam doing everything he could to chill everything out? He, he was attempting to, yeah. He was the calm head, you know? In this storm of anger. Has Troy worked in radio before this? I, I'm not. I'm not 100 percent sure. I know he was in a few bands. Uh, then, because um, I, I just want to point this out. What, and it comes to the case of what was happening in that thing, and who did what work. O and A worked. Jimmy worked. Everybody else got a free trip to Montreal. <laughs> so really, the last thing you needed was Zeno's help. That's a nice town too. Um. All right. Let me. Uh, so th this is where it started. ICP were leaving, and I guess Zito was handling him. You would think that you would have uh, felt comfortable because ICP were here. <laughs> that one guy's got gigantic. Oh yeah, he's huge. That's what happened. I just saw them when I was coming in, yeah. wearing face masks in our lobby. It's very strange. <laughs> um, all right, let me listen to a little bit of this. 
I want to see what this little fucking faggot has to say. What do you got, fucking pussy blowing me kisses? <laughs> Fuck you, pussy. You got something <laughs> okay. fucking stupid to say? Say it to my face. Uh, you I little fucking faggot. Face. You little fucking you faggot. Take a moment to rub some cream on your tattoos. Put on a yeah, tight yeah, shirt. You want to do that? Come over here by you, pussy. Mark, Mark Zito just walked in the room. Say stupid to my face. Well, I will, actually. Because I think everything you said the other day was fucking false. Oh, really? You weren't laying down? You weren't laying down? You have shitty work ethic? You weren't fucking wearing the same stupid clothes? What were you doing? Fuck you. I was working the show. I was working the show. You wouldn't know. You were out on the fucking couch sleeping like a fucking yeah, pussy. Yes, and helping Roland bring them in at times. Was I not helping fucking Roland? Was I not helping everybody? Was I not talking to the fucking crowd? Was I not getting shit for the host? management on your stupid fucking wife? Because, Why would I give a shit about because, any of that? Because you Tell go me that, because I will. Shut the fuck up, you little fucking fruity faggot. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I heard your girlfriend getting fucking pumped out by other dudes, too, while you're with her, too. Heard that, too. Little fucking John Mayer faggot. You want to go to that road with me? No place for hate. You want to go to that road with me? Yes. I'll fuck you, motherfucker. Please give me your information that you have. Let me know that your girlfriend's getting pumped out by other dudes. I don't know. Oh, okay. That's what you're making shit up and saying it, but you have nothing to back it up. Yeah, making shit up. That's just what. I mean, that's the rumor. That's the rumor around this fucking. That's the rumor around this place. I'll tell you this. I'm very uncomfortable with uh, bringing up someone's girlfriend like that. that. I Jesus. find that more offensive. That was very offensive. That's that's a fucking line crosser. Yeah. Yeah, that that's that's those are fighting words. The rest of it's fucking shit. posing bullshit. <laughs> but I will say this. Uh and to me the radio thing is we respect the fact that our loved ones did not pick this career. Yeah. You know, now if his girlfriend was on the air or something, that would be a different story. I, yeah, that's the part I found most fucking. It's on now, dude. Yeah, it's fucking. It's, it's not radio anymore. It's fucking personal beef. Let's fucking go. Let's do it. I'm you were ready. Like, you were I don't ready. care. I fucking my ass could get fired or I can fucking everything can be fine. But this this thing isn't gonna stand. Yeah, I was, I was pretty like when he fucking started throwing that shit. I was like, holy shit. It's fucking, this is Yeah, real. that's the line crosser. <laughs> um, here's John in uh, Georgia. You're on the run of Fed show. Yeah, I wanted to take Fezzy's side today myself. Uh, the hatred in Troy's voice, it, it, it made me uncomfortable. I'm just driving down the road. Uh, well, just... I, I'll say this. Apparently him and Zito hate each other. You know, that's for that part of it certainly sounds for real. Um uh, <laughs> The I don't know why Fez was uh, afraid for his safety. Why are you afraid for your safety? I just don't, you know, because we have to do a crossover, come in the studio, uh, yeah, as the other show is leaving. Doesn't feel safe to me. If that's how someone feels about gays, that they want to fight them so badly. Zito's not gay. He has a girlfriend. Who I can assure everyone is not punking herself out to other dudes. Jesus. Stanley Radio or prison? Um, here's Joker. You're on the run of Fez show. Yeah, hey, Ronnie. I just wanted to, to mention, I listened to the after show, and I listened to the replay that you just played there. Uh, Troy used the, the term pussy twice as much as he did the episode. No way. Absolutely yeah. not. Well, anyway, Fez, my point to the to the the matter is, hey, if, if you're going to put yourself out there like you do on a show like this, you, you need to toughen up a little bit, you know, and let the let the 
idiocy of Troy be the idiocy of Troy, and it'll it'll catch up to him, kind of like it did with Danny Ross. Uh, all right, that's worse. All right, that's enough. Todd, you're on the Ron and Fez show. Hey guys, um, I've been listening to Ron and Fez and Toby and Anthony for decades, and what I heard today in the after show was the first time that I ever got really disturbed and felt really, really bad, um, especially for Fez, because what Troy did was just way, way over the line. And, um, you know, I can understand why Fez would feel like he's threatened or unsafe, because Troy's a big guy, and he was using the word in hatred, and he was serious, and he sounded extremely angry. Um, and, I, Brian, I know it's your job to kind of keep the show going, but trying to make light of this and to minimize what Fez feels just isn't right. And I think uh, this is a very small I'm only hearing as for the... Uh, for the first time, but uh, my point was nothing was directed at Fez. This sounds like something, and and I told you, uh, biggest problem, I don't think radio professionals bring up the people's lives that did not choose radio. It's the classy thing to do. That's kind of almost the unspoken thing, you know? And you always know that something went too far when uh, something when you hear something like that. All right, what else? Uh, this is we've got more of the fight here. You're a fucking film I mean, radio fucking pussy. You're trying to seem cool. You never, never been Anthony today. You never and got you your radio just... show, so you got to suck management's dick, hoping that's going to pay off for you. Fuck you. Okay. Whoa. Wow. You know that. You know that. You don't have your that show. Where's what is your you fucking do? show? Where's your show of production, dude? Where's your show? Are you a production? Because it seems like you're running your mouth a lot and not doing a lot of production. Uh, do you listen to the show? No. Okay. Well, then you wouldn't know what I do. There is production on the show. Do you show. watch what I do? No. So stop saying I don't do I work I watch you making your own fucking Wikipedia page looking like a fucking faggot. <laughs> Everybody knows that. you, Major. Yes, you did bullshit. I no really place for hate. Sitting there like a fucking faggot on your picture. You look, like, no a whole, you look like you suck penises. No you really do, Mark. Slurs. You look like you fucking suck penises. I would assume you're a faggot if I just saw you. Oh, okay. Well, we yeah. don't need to use that yeah, word. Good. It's profiling, too. What does that mean? Just, you know, if, if you don't like someone, automatically assume they're gay, so that means they're just a worthless person. I think the um it's not a, it's not a real great place to work when you know that goes on. All right, let's hear uh uh we'll get them to this. Here's Jerry in Texas, you're on the Run Fest show. Hey Ron. Thanks, Ev. I, I, I work in a personnel department in a construction company and I've never heard someone I, if people would be fired, you'd lose your job. In, in a, on a construction job, if you threaten someone and call them and drop F-bombs at them repeatedly, how, how does this guy, I don't even know how he wasn't taken into the office right now and, and got fired. Uh, you know, I'm not any, uh, not any part of that. But the, I will say this, the fact that, that he slowed it down and said, you look like you suck penises. Goes to shove is not really like a throwaway slur. All right, you got another clip? This is insane. I will fight you right now. <laughs> Over what? Just because you you're a fucking dick-sucking you faggot. That's a hate okay. crime. You shouldn't That's fight him. That actually is a hate crime. Well, then I'll if, go. If, I'll, you, if you hit somebody because I'll you're a dick-sucking faggot. I'll fight you because you're a pussy. Quote. You shouldn't fight him. 
I don't know why you wouldn't want to do that. You wouldn't want to do that. No, Troy, because you, you're obviously Neither would I. Because I will fucking annihilate you. Fucking crazy psychopath. Yeah, exactly. So you better watch what the fuck you better watch what the fuck you say. Well, you better not run your mouth about me. I'll run my mouth about you, whatever I fucking want. I'll run my mouth about your girl getting pumped the fuck out. I don't know shit about that. That happened. Fuck you. Fuck you. That's Sam runs one angry show. You know, hate hour. Jesus H. Christ. I mean, if I'm looking at the one connecting factor, it's Sam. <clears throat> Scary. Scary times. Yeah, very. Hmm. Jeremy, you're on the Run of Fez show. Yeah, I was going to say, Ronnie, I feel the most sorry for this whole situation is for you. I just picture you, like, before the show, you probably walked in, had a nice cigar, wanting a nice peaceful day at work, and yeah. come out with this bullshit all fucking day. Yeah, it always, it always kind of <coughs> fresh to me, but I really do wish that we had a cigar lounge in here. God, why why can't they do it? Because cigarette smokers will come in there and ruin it with their low classness. <laughs> Cigarettes are awesome. Uh, Dan, you're on the Run and Fez show. Hey, Blake. Hey. hey. I heard the fight today, and, uh, you know, I, I call in a lot and take the piss out of Fez. Dude, I'm not doing that anymore, man. I felt really bad for Fez today. That, 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 that fucked me up a little bit. I knew Fez was going to be hurt by that. Um, I he, felt bad for every gay person in the building today. The people yeah. at OutQ, Seth Radetzky's here to do his show today. Hey, let's not out yeah. people. I don't think his family knows. Um, all right. Uh, Troy wants to come in? Yeah, that's what I heard from the booth. All right. <clears throat> he, he was listening in the back, and he called over and said... Sure. Yeah, it's coming up now. Is he going to come in here screaming about what Fez does? <sighs> I hope not, because then that's fucking... It's on, then... Oh, man. Oh, was he not want to come in? No, he's, he's coming up now. He doesn't have to come in if he doesn't want to. Fez, do you feel safe with him coming in? I don't know what he's going to do when he comes in here. Well, I got bad back ready to slam down. Yeah, come on, man. I, I mean, this it, back feels just slightly better. But if Shelby's working, I'd like to have him in. <laughs> no, just uh, Molly and Ba are in today. That's not giving me the backup that I'm looking for. <laughs> Hey. <clears throat> Troy left. That's what I just heard. They left, yeah. Left the building. He's on he's coming back because uh He doesn't have to come back. It's he not a big deal. Um here's uh Steve. Steve, you're on the run of Fez show. Hey guys, I uh, have to side with Fez on this. I mean I mean what happens when Fez finally does get a gay partner and you know, it's not going to happen. It's an argument, and Troy starts throwing that in his face. Well, you know, let's uh, let's really, and I never side with Fess, as you know. <laughs> but if it was the N bomb that was being thrown around instead of the word that uh, Fez finds to be the gay equivalent of that then, yeah, I think it would be very, very tough 
the choice is more than welcome to come in. I think it would be very, very tough uh, to see if, if he would keep his job. I absolutely agree, but for some reason it's okay to throw this word around 50 times. Here comes Troy. Who's that you're wearing on your shirt there? It's the uh, guy from Major Laser. Mm. They're a band with Diplo. I don't know what his exactly what his name is. So, so we heard that you're, you had a fight with Zito today. Yes. And some of the things that you said made fans uh, feel offended and less than safe around you. Yeah, well, I mean, he should feel absolutely safe. I have nothing but love for Fez. So there's no, nothing he has to be concerned about. I have nothing against him or his sexual preferences. This has nothing to do with him whatsoever. Fair enough, Fez. Why do you... I just... I have to... I try to get a grip on this word all the time. Why... Why do, why do you have to do that? But I just... I don't know why it's so offensive at this point to just throw that word out there when it's not... I mean, if it was, if I was because you're not to, gay. But, you but, don't but, but, get but, it. But if I was directing it to you, I can understand that. I can understand that. And, and it just... It's a way that guys hit hard when, when in a, a verbal fight with somebody yeah. and you want to question a, a heterosexual man's sexuality, that's where you go. That's what we've done as kids. That's the way it goes. But, I, did, but do you think... I mean... All right, I, I understand stupid not knowing any better kids, but as adults, should we be doing that? But, I mean, at what point it's like you're going to censor everything that you have to say? I mean, it's just like if you're in a verbal fight with somebody... But, it's but like, here's why Fez is offended. Not only did you throw that out there, but you said you look like someone who puts penises in his mouth. You look like that. You know, you're specifically saying that what Fez... His sexual orientation is lower than acceptable for the way a man should be. Uh, I don't. Th I don't think that. I mean, and if if Mark Zito is gay, he should just own it and be like, "Yeah, I put penises well, you, in my mouth." You know that he has a girlfriend. That's why you said stuff about his girlfriend being with other people. Right. You you you, ne you never kept anything in uh, in an air of truthfulness at any point. Of this entire thing. Correct. You yelled out things that you thought were the lowest things that could happen. Your girlfriend's a slut. You yourself are with other men. Right. I, I mean, when I get in a verbal fight, I go for the throat. But why didn't you drop the N-bomb like that? Do you think who kid or somebody else might have been offended if you said you act like the N-word? You Do you think people in shade 45 would be like, oh, that's just what happens when guys argue with each other? Well, I mean, first of all, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say the N-word with an R. I might say it with an uh. I might say nigga. But I don't know if I would say that in a fight. But... I would say that word, yeah. And I've because said it in you're front not, of a kid. Because you're threatened by black men. You're not threatened by gay guys. I'm not threatened by anybody. I mean, I'm not going to go around... I'm not threatened by anybody here. But, so even, I'm not, but, Troy, even the way you explained it, this is what guys do. Even, even that explanation is like, gay people aren't guys. They're not even men. No, that, that's not what I'm saying. I have to, look. I, that's the way it came I, off. I have no problem with you or your sexuality. I've told you that. And, and if you, Fez, I say hi to you all the time in the hallway. I try to be as polite as I can. Even when we got into sure. a little argument on the air. I still was trying to be cool with you. I don't care what you do. I don't care what you do and, and or or be or who you are. I think that's great. But you know, when you're in an argument with somebody and the the the, the uh, adrenaline's flowing. You say things to try to fucking hurt people's feelings. That's just the way it is. And it has nothing to do with you. And you should never feel threatened by me whatsoever. Because I have nothing but love and respect for you. 
I just, I, maybe I'm repeating myself, but it's like, there's, like I said earlier, there's so much to go after Zito on. Why go, why drag gay people into it? It makes no sense to me. But that's just, like I said, when you get into an argument with a guy, you question, it's, it's, you want to hit hard, you question that man's sexuality. When he's a heterosexual man, you know that it's, you, you know, as a gay man, to say to a heterosexual man, sometimes it's, it's a slap to their their pride. It's it a slap doesn't to make it are. cool. It doesn't make it right. But it's just when you're going for the throat, you go for the throat. And can you comprehend that uh, gay people, as, uh, even in this city where it is pretty progressive, that since January there's been dozens of attacks on gay people, so that when someone hears that and feels like, all right, that's how people really feel about gay people. That's how that they're targets to be smacked around when you don't like what they're doing, whether it has to do with being gay or not. That that kind of affects gay people. What? That it, that it sticks in a special place that it might not stick oh. with a heterosexual person. But at, at what point, you know? Okay, faggots. Uh, that's uh, un- inappropriate to say. So then. Sissy, is that okay, or is that do I have to exclude that now from my vocabulary when I go after somebody? It's like when you're you're in a verbal fight with somebody, it's just you're going for blood, you're going for the throat. What, what he's saying, Fuzz, is that gay people are lower than straight people, right? So this is the way to take the straight person and lower him down, no. embarrass him by calling him nope. something less. Nope. Obviously, that nope. means nobody's lower than anybody. That's what nobody's you were trying low, to no, do to Zito. There's, there's no color. I'm going after his throat. I am doing everything I can to try to put him down in a verbal argument. Okay? So, and then you talk know, about and, and, his bald spot. Talk about how what? it... I didn't oh know he had a bald spot, but I have to make a note of that. God. Talk about how he's constantly kissing up to management. I did, I did bring that up, actually. He... Put him down. He wanted to lower him down, so he compared him with being gay. I don't get what you don't understand about. But that. that's I'm not putting somebody down. I'm what I don't understand is why you, do I mean, that, Ron? You've you've grown up on the playground. You know, like you put a you 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 may have nothing against gay people, but you take a heterosexual man and you you question his sexuality. They take straight guys sometimes take offense to that. Sure, I'm not saying that. This gay person is is less than this person. That's you're you're putting words. But in the my mouth. only reason is because a gay, what you're saying to a straight man, I'm going to lower you down. But it's not lower to it's, the level. It's, it's it's just you. This is what you do. You decide. But that you, you know, want to take a penis you're in your mouth. Verbally gay bashing him. It's not verbally gay bashing. Just calling it calling a guy a faggot. It's just it could be used in a in a. a a slap in the face. It's like, if you're going to take that word away from, from people in an argument, it's like, like I said, do I, have to not, do I have to not say sissy now? Am I not allowed to say, you know, like, uh, you look like a queen? Is that now offensive? It's like, well, you can't say that now. It's like, I just don't think you get it because you're not gay. I just don't think you understand what I don't it think, does. I don't think you understand. Especially with the, what's the word? The... The anger, the violent anger that's that, not that, that, gay people. that came from your voice. That has nothing to gay people. That has everything to do with Mark Zito. That has nothing. I, have, I don't care about gay people. I don't. I, I deal with them every day. I have no problem. I don't care what they do. Why now would I care? I don't care. But, I, but, I, but if I'm in a verbal argument, I, I, I go for the throat. After that tirade, it sounded like you do care. Like, that's how you judge people. And Well, I'm, wh- sorry if, you, I'm sorry if that's what you pulled out of it, but I'm telling you now, face-to-face, that's not 
that was not my intent. And when you when you add in the threat of violence with it, that's just towards him. I understand that. I understand you're calling him that name. And you're if he's calling... not gay, then, wh- then I'm not going after gay people. If, if Mark Zito is not a homosexual, then I'm not going after him as a gay guy. Then why say it? I told you why I said it. But it doesn't make sense if you don't think that there's something lower about gay people. It doesn't but make sense. But why don't sense. you understand that when, you go at, when you're in a verbal fight with somebody and you question their heterosexuality, it's like... It's like a slap in a but, heterosexual's but face. No, but nobody goes, uh, if, if that's your point in trying to do it, nobody goes, oh, well, you're, then you're a Russian. Or uh, you're a uh, high school student. They don't do it with any other descriptive thing than being gay. Uh, I, don't, I don't know about that. I mean, I'm sure it happens in other, other cases, but this is just the, the, the direction it went. Well, like, I, I think we're at that point where, you know, he came in and explained himself. You don't necessarily agree. Right. He doesn't necessarily agree with you. But Troy's pointed out his problem is not with you. It's with Zito. Yeah. Like I said, I have nothing but love and respect for you. So and, and I, I try to show you that not all, even on the air, but off the air all the time. Do I not? You've you've always been nice to me in the hallway, but. I mean, don't don't you get upset if I look at you with a different eye? I mean, if you do, you do. I can't help it. He don't give a shit. No. But I, I am not. I do never want you to feel threatened by me in any way, shape, or form. Okay, you know, and I, nothing of that was directed towards you. I don't care if you're gay or straight. I don't care what you are. I don't care. Unless you guys have an argument about something else. Yeah. Well, then I know, <laughs> I, I know that, that doesn't come up, and you don't, you don't, uh, you know, it's, but it's just like the Or same. do I have to worry about getting beat up like Zito does? No. No, absolutely not. And I'm not going to beat him up. I just talk shit. You know, mm. it's just it's just shit talking on the air. Mm. Like, you know, at the end of the day, we had an argument here on the air. It's fine. Who cares? Nobody, nobody cares. There we go. All right, Troy. Thanks. Thanks, guys. I'm really glad we could straighten that out. It's resolved, you know? How's your back feel? It feels a little better today. Still, I'm, I'm walking upright, so that's a positive. You're the, that's the first in your whole family to walk upright, no, too, so this is fantastic. Upright. Come on, evolution. Um, someone wrote this in to the iBang. Would have been better if Troy would have said, Faga. You know, we put the because that's what we say in our neighborhood. Um, let's go over here to uh, Andrew. Andrew, you're on the Ron Fest show. Hey, Ron. Yeah, you know what? Uh, I, I, I don't know if this is real or not, but it was good that you brought him in there. If it is real, because uh, that guy's not very bright. Uh, to come in here and try to even justify, he should have just came in and said he was sorry. Well, not coming there at all, because what he was saying made no sense. It's 2013. No, you're not allowed to say the F word anymore. No, you can't say the N word with an A or an ER. No, no. no. I mean, I mean, this guy's a moron, and he's on the radio. That's why it's got to it's got to be a joke. I hope, uh, for fans' sake, it isn't because I know it's upsetting to him, and he shouldn't have to deal with this nonsense. And neither should you, a church show. Well, uh, you know, I know you're getting some good radio out of it. But no, uh, yeah, I, I, I think it was uh, great that Troy, you know, came down here just to explain his point of view. Doesn't mean that he and Fez 
uh, agree at all. And I tried no. to even explain Fez's point of view of you're acting like the most insulting thing that you could say to a person. You know, I mean, he's certainly... Uh, in, in, the, the playground thing, I think we made a, the, the point. You do grow up and and out of that only because you end up getting in trouble for it throughout your life. As you get older. I, I grew up in a place where everybody attacked every ethnic thing that there possibly was. Everything. Just because, right? Just, just throw it out there? Yeah. I mean, real <laughs> divisions, uh, particularly Catholic people, would always be really strong about who was Italian, who was Irish, who was Polish. Those were the three real dividing. Before we even got to blacks <laughs> and Jews, you know what I mean? You will find ways to divide. And Protestants, we just called publics. Like in public school. Oh, okay. Um, here's Pat. You're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, uh, Ronnie. You're the best guy on radio. Fez, I love that you came out, and I respect you very much. Uh, if that guy's still there, he better start putting his red resume together, because he was, I wasn't even there, and I'm not gay, and I was threatened. He's crazy. He said it at work in front of millions of people to an intern. See you, Troy. <laughs> um, no chance he survived in that. He's uh, no longer an intern. He actually has a job. Surprisingly. Zito moved up from intern. Yeah. Still hasn't achieved any more uh, respect. <laughs> but he's got a paycheck. But I was uh, out front when Fez texted me. I was finishing off a uh, nice little cigar. When Fez texted me that was going on, and you were upset then. Yeah. I could see that the text itself was tear-soaked. Oh, my God. Fez, this is going to shock some people. Fez is sensitive. Maybe Fez even overly sensitive. I'm very sensitive, especially to that point. It was, it was one of the reasons why it took me so long to come out, because I felt... It, the way you explained it to him, Detroit... Yeah. That you feel like less than a person. Yeah, that's that's exactly why it took me so long to come out to you years yeah. later to the audience. It just it just felt like the worst thing on the planet, and I'm tr and I'm still dealing with it. And to hear that, it just kind of confirms what people think. Um, and you know. Well, I don't think that anyone's shocked, and I, I agree with what Troy said, that that's, that's the playground way that most of us were brought up. You just want to feel like we've evolved a little. You would that. think, yeah. But the, the, but the funny thing is... Especially, I mean, Troy's a young guy. I mean, you wouldn't, I mean, you could understand maybe, maybe someone from another generation doing that. Right. But, no, I think it's, look, Troy's explanation was exactly what we all have said at some point 
in our life, you know? It's the explanation that anyone uses to feel like they have a use-that-word-free card. That, oh, no, I really do like gay people. You obviously don't respect them. Well, one-on-one, I do believe when Troy said, I love Fezzi, I like you, I see you around, I'm always, you know, I, I believe that that is true. And I think that's true of all of us with whatever, like, regular prejudice that we may have, one-on-one, you know, uh, we're like, oh, that's just Earl, you know? Like, <laughs> like guys that are acting like, oh, all black people are like this, but then they're like, oh, that's my buddy Earl. Like, in all, sense, in all seriousness for a second, the only way to get people to drop any kind of prejudice is to meet more people. You know what I mean? Like, just to interact with more people is the only possible way that anybody starts to see people as individuals. I think when you have someone like Troy and what he did, and even with his explanation, I think there's people that just are prejudiced and they don't even realize it, and you're never, ever going to be able to point it out to them. Um, I don't know if I agree with that. I because think... they just don't know what it is they're doing. They just, they don't see anything. He yeah. doesn't see anything wrong but with see, what happened. But here's the thing. Everyone can only be exposed to more stuff. Just because Troy isn't uh, getting it completely yet doesn't mean that he won't. You know what I mean? There's no reason to shut the door uh, on people at all. Um, I think that even, uh, look, I, 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 I thought that Troy crossed a couple of lines. I thought he was incredibly wrong to bring up Zito's girlfriend. And in a way that we know is false. Um, because... The listeners, but the listeners, there, there might be some that have no idea that that was false. And that's why it was done. Let me just say as many, I'm mad at you, let me say as many mean things to you that I possibly yeah, can. What's the most that's really, thing? if you're going to be honest about it, Fez, that's what that fight was about. One guy trying to say as many mean things as he can about the other guy. Um... Here's uh, Red in Canada. You're on the Run Fez show. Hey, Fez. Uh, I just want to say, hey, man, we love you. I, you're having a tough time. And I, I got to admit, I don't understand the gay thing. It's not me. But I love you. And you got my respect. And I, I know you're not looking for my respect. But for what it's worth, you got it. Thank you. It's odd. It's odd to <laughs> think so. Sweet. Was it? That was a little condescending. Um, all right, someone sent me this where it says on his. All right, this is Zito's Wikipedia page. Uh, Zito 
He used to work as acting producer for the Ron and Fez show on Sirius the Opie and Anthony channel. He was uh, known for on-air segments, including conflicts with the host Fez Watley and expressing a dislike for him. On July 30th, 2013, Mark got completely owned in an on-air fight with Opie and Anthony producer Troy Kwan. During this fight, Mark tearfully confessed to being homosexual and having an affair with Fez Watley. I, I gotta find that. Yeah, you got it uh, on tape. Pips, look for that. Zito really does need to update that thing for himself. Yeah, he's got he's got, he's to be more vigilant, you know, because people can edit these things constantly. And if he's putting that in there. But he did apparently make up his own Wikipedia page. It's a cool picture of him. All right. Well, I think we can move on from that. morning yeah i mean this uh if i wanted to i could leave this these calls up for the next two hours <sighs> let's go to somebody who always makes uh let everybody know that we've moved on from the fight who's ever on the phones who's on the phones right now that's intern ba intern ba I like the fact that we use intern now as their thing. It's like, you know, like Mr., you know? Yeah. It's a, it's a designation. Uh, intern Shelby and intern is mean to intern Molly. Very much so. He's actually dickish. Did we ever find that thing where he tearfully agreed? Still, that he had to... still looking. Pip's going through the audio. Why do I feel like Shane, who sent this, is the one who changed the Wikipedia? <laughs> Look what I did. Uh, this came in. So Fez has been on the channel that uses the word pussy to insult men every day since its founding to compare that to a female um, and lower the man down, as you said. But he's never said a word about it. You can tangibly link those things to daily attacks on women in New York City every day, but somehow gay is the sacred cow. Oh, and by the way, it would make me sick if a woman tried to ban any of those words from the channel. I've always said, and I'm totally serious about this, that the attacks on homosexuality are basically an anti-woman thing. What we are saying to gays is that you have lowered yourself down to a woman's level. There's very little that men even understand about just how mon mon uh, misogynistic we are on a daily basis. Call people cocksucker all the time. And the, uh, and the word sissy, I knew long before any of the gay slurs. And that basically was, that word comes from sister. You know what I mean? That people would call their sister sissy. 
And it's just a way of saying, you act like a girl. You throw like a girl was one of our earliest insults. You ride a girl's bike. <laughs> <laughs> you get trash. If you associate anything with a, with a woman, you're going to get just... I, I remember thinking it, that one small bar... Is the only thing to protect you from being torn off a bike and kicked senseless. Um, oh, by the way, that came from Shower Bench. Oh, of course, yeah. But it was a very good point. Very well thought out. Yes, attacks on women are bad. Yes, violence against women is bad. Great point. Um, let's go over to our buddy Hard Rock Jenny. I just want to have a fantasy football league this year. Maybe change the topic a little bit. Um, you guys are more than welcome to start a great fantasy football league. Uh, I'm not win. doing unless I'm not unless Ronnie's there. I'm not. You there. were already in two different leagues last year. We found that I out was, for a fact. I was not cheater. You're a I cheater. Was absolutely, I was, I'm not a cheater. You're a cheater. You're a liar. Oh. I don't want this to get to the other F word. No, I want, listen, and fuck, jerk off. Um, I'd love to see that guy try to use the N word and black eyes. Then rip him up in 30 seconds. Now you're right back into it oh, again. No. You're right back right. into it. Anyway, so I think I think we should do it in Spanish football. It would be great. But it goes really well in the air, too. <sighs> I think that we all should just sit down and enjoy football this year. But with the added, like... <laughs> the added stress and drama of a stupid goddamn league <laughs> to ruin your Sunday and force you into the red zone. Yeah, how are you going to enjoy the red zone if you're not in the fantasy football league? going to watch an entire game of just two teams? Maybe you can put more focus on your pick and pull. We should have some good prizes this year for the pick and pull, right? Yeah, yeah. I know I've taken some um, <laughs> guests that I didn't necessarily want to get them to sign stuff. Look, we have to get the word out about the EpiPen, <laughs> all right? It's saving people's lives out there every goddamn day. Dave's kid wasn't even interested. <laughs> <laughs> Look, if you eat shellfish and you can start having allergic reactions, you need an EpiPen. Hey, I want to go to the store. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, there's some cool shit up there. All right, Johnny. All right, let's go to you. All right. Boom, boom. We got to start a fantasy boxing league. I don't know who to draft. <laughs> How long? It will last like years. I mean, they fight fucking twi twice a year. And that's somebody <laughs> who's a workhorse is fighting twice a year. Uh, this poll is up on the iBang, uh, and I forget who did the story. It might have been Salon. But is it time to forgive Pete Rose? And they're saying that out of the complete embarrassment of how low rent Cooperstown was this year. Almost ignored. Yeah, it was a pretty, it was, it was pretty, uh, it was a train wreck. It was what it was when, with the voting. The now it's even tougher for Rose because they have to make an example. Well, he was always the example, but now there's but it was such a rare thing to be kicked out of baseball. But now it's fairly almost commonplace that it should somebody get a lifetime ban. Yeah, they're hand. They're, I mean, you know, the 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 investigation on the biogenesis stuff destroys what fucking Pete Rose did. 
I mean, there, there's multiple guys all on this list of, of that the uh, Major League Baseball has. They're looking to just ban people forever. Like they 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 they, they want to do it. It's going to happen. So give give Rose a shot. But what comes up in this piece is that Mark McGuire is uh, a, a coach. I mean, you really can't. And, and Mark McGuire actually admitted to it. Unlike I think Sammy Sosa still has never said, Bonds has never said. McGuire said, "Yeah, I did it." Well, they, and and they like it when they actually when they admit it. If they have like a press conference, and say Rose admitted that he he gambled. He lied at first, though. <laughs> Everybody lies at first. I mean, why not? Eighty-eight percent said let Rose back in uh, baseball. When I was a little kid. Reading a Pete Rose, one of those books aimed at little kids. Yeah. Reading a Pete Rose book, when I got to can't run, can't throw, can't hit, it turned out to be great. I'm like, this may be the, the greatest story ever told. How do you do it? How does this happen? <laughs> hustle. That's all I have to do. Out hustle everyone. Work your balls off. Um. So I love the guy, but... See, here's what they don't want. They don't care whether he's in the Hall of Fame or not. They don't want him back in baseball where he can embarrass them again. He is not going to embarrass them. He's uncontrollable, dude. Rose is uncontrollable. And I say that in a good way. So couldn't they just let him in and still ban him from everything else? I mean, would that be an option for baseball? To just all right, you're in the you're in the Hall of Fame. No. All right. I think the next commissioner, if you know how many times I've heard that in my life, (laughs) we thought when Giamatti died that Rose was going to be back in in a second. It's ridiculous. He'll get you know what? He'll get it posthumously. Absolutely right. The way from died. Look, you know what? We should have tortured him for what fifty years or whatever it's going to be. But then, but let's be honest. Then the lifetime ban is over. Once he dies, <laughs> once he dies, they've fulfilled the thing, uh, and he will get it. And he will be when you get there. That'll be the number one place people go in Cooperstown. Will be Rose because he will have been the most famous player. It's disgusting, and it's fucking. It's ridiculous, dude. Not to mention he got over forty-one hundred hits. Yeah, the guy was a was the fucking hit king. And now he's passed away, and we have to fucking go to Cooperstown. Um, Jason, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, Ronnie, guys. Hey, Ron, Pete Rose, great player. Nobody ever doubted his hustle, his work. One of the best players of all time. Did it the right way and got banned for betting on games when he was a coach, betting on his team. Now, you got Barry Bonds, a hell of a ball player. Then he started taking steroids and ballooned, his head ballooned up, started hitting home runs at a pace nobody could believe. But that guy's eligible to go to the Hall of Fame. He's on the ballot, and Rose is it? Yeah, That's you're right. You are completely right. They have lowered the point of baseball down where there is no fairness about it one way or another. They've ruined the one part of baseball that everybody loves, stats. It's the one... <laughs> It was the original geek sport of stats. That's that's how fantasy started, was with baseball. Guys getting together and going over box yeah, scores. Yeah, because you could look at every single thing. But uh, because there was such an individual 
aspect of it. But let, let's be honest. Let's look back at the the Niners, okay, of the 80s, right? Uh, even easier to go back is the Steel Curtain, because I think that that team has more players in the Hall of Fame than everybody else. And the reason is because they won championships. Yeah. And it's hard to say how important certain players were to that team. To measure them against a great player on a shitty team, you will always pick a good player on a championship team. Yeah, that, that, that just makes sense. Baseball, you can't hide that. The guy has to go up individually and take his swats. They might as well put Big Papa Pump on the ballot. I mean, it, it's, just, it's just genetic freak shows are, are getting on there. Fucking Barry Bonds, you saw how his body changed from when he was with the fucking Pirates to when he he got to fucking California. But here's the here's the downside of that. Scientifically, the game, the science isn't going to go away. The science is always going to be there. And there's going to be new drugs to beat the test. So we'll, we will never know who or who is or is not. Crush Davis, there's nothing to make you suspect him. Yeah, I think we all suspect. Everyone says, that, yeah, something's going on. You can't help it. But he hasn't failed a test yet. He, he hasn't failed the test, but you are not innocent until proven guilty in baseball anymore because it's been too fucked up. Too many people juicing. Um, HGH. And here's uh, Tom. You're on the run of Fed show. Hey, what's up, boys? How we doing? Good. I got to school that guy last that guy uh, who just called. Barry Bonds set the NCAA record for home runs his last year of college. And number two, steroids wasn't illegal in baseball in 2004. So granted, it was illegal in the country. It wasn't illegal in baseball in 2004. So what he did in 2002 wasn't against the rules. So there you go. Cheers, boys. Uh, I don't think that what you're saying is true. Because he would have easily been able to, then he would have said to people, you know, for, uh, first of all, I don't think that you have to go around and say how many things are illegal in the country and then not illegal in baseball. Uh, you could be thrown out of baseball for doing fucking cocaine, and it doesn't. It's not a performance-enhancing drug. That's the fucking funny thing: is most ball players have taken performance-decreasing drugs in every sport. Alcohol alone. I mean, let's just think to ourselves. What would Mantle have done without alcohol? What would the babe have done without alcohol in his life? It would have been fucking nuts. They it, took performance decreasing drugs. They destroyed themselves. Um, Fez, you, you haven't said a, a word now. You're just still freaked by that thing. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm freaked, yeah. you got to learn to put things in your back pocket, my friend. Uh, Troy's moved on. Zito's moved on. You're still there. Um, here's uh, Tom and Phoenix. You're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, Ron. It's going to be just like it was with Ron Sano. The, the, the baseball was so offended by the fact that he really politicked hard to get in the Hall of Fame. They waited till he died and then put him in the next year. Yeah, there's a, there's a cruelty to baseball writers. They're scumbags. Who's that there? I'm not sure. Maybe I need that uh, thing opened every day so I can see who these people are that go in Shade 45. 
Ah. Um. Here's Rich on the Run of show. Hey, Ronnie. How are you? Good. This this uh, whole thing with steroids, it's been going on for 50, 60 years in horse racing, and nobody ever acknowledges that's basically where all this nonsense has started with the uh, performance enhancement and every test they've come out with, the chemists and, and these uh, labs are always one step ahead. So as soon as they find somebody with one thing, they've always got something else. And then, you know, the, you know and, and if I'm not wrong, the first time I ever heard about it was in football, and then you never hear about it in football anymore. I, I think uh, just like last week is the first time I've heard about it in a long time is where a couple of guys came out and said, yeah, we got to start testing for HGH because apparently they don't test for human, horth- human growth hormone. Yeah, but I think that, like steroids. since 1980 that they have been... You know, linemen and and guys like that. You think that just be beefing the, up? That would be the, the fucking sport to just be just riddled with it. Just everyone. Should be, yeah, <laughs> I think the sport's riddled with it. I think <laughs> it always has been, um, but it's not a. Again, it doesn't. Re, it's one of those sports where you're like, you don't go by stats. You can't compare one era to the other. Um, there's a, a kid, a six-year-old kid, his, his uh, thing's up on the iBank viral today, uh, where he hits five pitches for home runs. He's six years old. I'm not saying that the kid is juicing. I'm not even saying that he quirks his bat. Uh-huh. I'm just saying I'm not impressed with this. It's a six-year-old. you got to be impressed with it. I mean, this kid's. Ne- we should be signing this kid. We should. Be, we should get him before Jay Z does. That's all Jay Z's doing is signing up young talent. I didn't know that. Yeah, he's got Cano. He's got Geno Smith. He's going over. He's going. Look, over- look at the great stance this kid has. Nice swing. Rocked it. Um, he basically has his dad grooving on pitches, though. That has been. By the way, turn this sound down. This is the worst fucking. I, I know that you guys don't read the iBang by the fact that you put that up because it's actually in the write-up that it's the worst song known to man. It's the worst baseball song ever done. YouTube YouTube users, there should be there shouldn't be a a, a filter on video, but what but songs people put underneath their. I shit. will say this: it's always terrible. If anyone wants to go to the iBang and hear that song, that's on you. I will not play it on the air. Because we have truck drivers listening to this show. And there's a possibility that they could drive in the oncoming traffic. Just jerk a wheel? Yeah. Anyone seen Zeitz around since the problem? No, I haven't heard him. I like to get his size. Fizz hasn't said a word since Troy left. You you can't get out. You can't get your head out of that place. Right? I yeah. I I apologize to everyone. It's I'm just so they're used to it. Focused, but wh- on wh- it. but it's why stuck in there? Why can't you say to your to your shrink how do I? I by the way, this is all you're going to be talking to your shrink about, huh? Oh yeah, yeah. On Friday. That was a nice crush. How far back is that fence? 120 feet, I think it says. I don't even know that they... What is a normal Little League field? Give me some Little League dimensions. Sorry. Did you ever drive by us a Little League field and go like this? Oh, God, I wish I could play there now. Fucking crush it. I, I drive by a Little League field on the way to the track. <laughs> Stop and bet on the game every once in a while. <laughs> 
All right. Uh, 60 foot Little League field, 200 feet to um, left and uh, right field. All right. So they're playing really little. This is this is probably yeah, this is six years old, probably younger yeah. than the little league, right? But right. I, I wouldn't even build the field for them. I'm gonna make them play on a regular little field. You know, the official the official little league dimensions, yeah, two hundred feet. You ever play any fields with no fences and then you just gotta put the ball in the gap and keep going? Yeah. It's just the best thing ever. <laughs> it's like holy shit, this is perfect. I hit a line drive home run. <laughs> right over it. Never gonna catch it. Um Let's break here. Uh, coming up, our buddy Sean Dunn is going to be on, and we're going to talk about Oxycontin, uh, his new movie, Oxiana, is about uh, a town that this is, you know, it's just so widespread, but you could say the same about the whole country, really. The number of, of, of oxy deaths out there is phenomenal. Um, but when we get back, let's, uh, oh, well, let's talk about the atheists offended by the Star of David on a Holocaust museum. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, the atheists are getting so annoying. They've been, that they've been annoying, man. The hardcores. Yeah. Like, the, the, like, to say that that's offensive on the Holocaust museum. Come on. Well, I'll tell you this. Anytime that anyone brings up the flying spaghetti monster, yeah. it means they're a dick. It means they are now following a dogma of their own rather than being in a conversation. No, dude, just come on. I have, I have a picture of the flying spaghetti monster in my house. It's great. It's what I worship, you That's know? That's not yours, dude. That's not your bit. It's my God. Because, you know, you worship Jesus Christ, right? I, I specifically hate when people will attempt to steal a, a comedian's bit or uh, do their version. Well, this thing's all everywhere, and it, it is. But the flying spaghetti monster really annoys me now. And the initial bit is funny. It's a good one. But to be redone over and over, no, mm -hmm. too much. Um, so we'll get to that and much, much more. It's the Ron Fest Show. Run and Fez Show on the old Ben Anthony Show. Serious XM. <laughs> You've been warned.
It's the Ron and Fez show. The Pesh Mode. Artists of the day. And this is your all-time favorite band, Hicks. I can't get enough of 80s dance and the Mode. Just can't get enough. Thank you. <laughs> and that is why this is number one all 80s bands. All bands in my personal. Is this library. why you still wear black eyeliner to this day? Yeah. I thought you'd... I, I know, but I'm just still talking to the audience. Okay. A, a lot of times, I ask questions so they can hear ah, the answer. I played um, Personal Jesus for a buddy of mine mm -hmm. who had no idea the version or the band doing it and thought Johnny Cash did the original. Blew his mind. Blew his mind to Pesh Mode's version of Personal Jesus. Uh, I want to bring up something, Fez. I'm getting very nervous about this cough that you have, this shallow cough. And it's only because I've been um, really obsessing with Warren Zevon lately. Oh, Jesus. And then, like, he gets a cough and then was, is told, you know, you got three to six months. Yeah. Your little shallow cough won't leave. No, it's, it's, it's weird. It starts, like, right after... In your throat? Yeah, it's like, it feels like it's deep in my throat. It doesn't feel like a lung cough. No, everyone's probably laughing about deep in my throat. Oh, God. You know, it's a setup. But it doesn't feel like a respiratory thing, like a like I'm not stopped up as well. It's just like my throat all of a sudden starts burning. You, you, you know I'm not your doctor, right? right? That's the person you should be telling these things to. Not boring a coworker, but boring a doctor with it. But it's not like him to have a cough like that. Hicks, on the other hand, I'm used to. Yeah, I mean, come on. Smoke a pack and a half a day. But it really does sound like you've got the Zevons. You don't want that's that shit. That's not going to be good. I'm going to keep you on my heart for a while. Oh, no. Shouldn't I? I thought that's what the whole song was about. Yeah, but still, so sad. That thing when he... Because I re went back and rewatched the doc, and that thing where he did Letterman. Oh, oh the whole show? Yeah. Oh, yeah, man. That's, that, that's just... God damn it. Is it... Has he ever done that before? Has he ever given Letterman given the whole show no. to an artist? Letterman's before? done a couple of strange things that are just great that you won't see other people doing. And he did that, which I mean, obviously he was very moved about Warren Zevon being sick. And then when he brought Bill Hicks's mom in that time, it was just stunningly great. Mm. That one killed me too. Yeah. Um I wanted to put this out here, uh, kind of an ethical question, because some people are very mad about it. There's an NPR host who's been live-tweeting his mother's death, that she's on her deathbed, and he's keeping everybody updated with tweets. What do some of these say, Hicks, as you take us through? Okay, this is, um, Mother Cries Help Me at 2.30. Been holding, holding her like a baby since. She's oh. asleep now. All I can do is hold on to her. Oh. Yeah, I, that's fu Mother groans with pleasure over flossing. When they mention great little things in life, they usually forget flossing. I tell my mother, you'll never stop teaching me. She said, well, don't blame me for everything. My mother, believe me, those... Keep me in your heart for a while. All right, so I guess it comes down to this. Is this too far or perfectly acceptable personally i think it's in, in bad taste really yeah a scumbag like you think something's in bad taste <laughs> that's shocking to but me just live tweeting from the deathbed 
I, I, I find you could try. You should try keep it fucking private. Maybe speak to people in face to face. Right? Is nothing untweetable? I think this is untweetable. Going going for the fucking going stri- live tweeting from the deathbed. Um, just even saying that just fucking makes me feel kind of shitty. Even saying that. I've been hearing about people tweeting and or facebooking during the birth when their wife is giving birth. Uh, and some of the women are getting uh, disturbed about it, and the guys were like, but everybody wants to know where we are in this. The women should be pissed off. Focus on your wife or girlfriend or whatever. Fucking pop it out of kid. You would think that there's some, pl- you know... <laughs> well, I gotta bind this. One of the main things in life is about just staying in the moment. Uh, when we were talking about Fez, he still hasn't been back since his Troy thing because you're not in this moment this whole time you're going back to the Troy thing something that's already gone yeah I'm back to, uh, a couple hours ago still and this isn't a couple hours ago um oh you meant you're back to hearing it yeah on the show alright you're right um so I guess you're against this tweeting fest yeah it's uh to me alright here's my thing if it was the actual person who's dying who's doing the tweeting and feels like this helps with the journey, I can understand it. This feels like this guy's really invading his mother's privacy by doing this. I think if it's your decision, she doesn't seem to have a choice in the matter. And he's like using this as a opportunity to wax poetic. But what about this? What about what just helps people get through anything? I'm just going to play devil's advocate here. Why are we judging whatever it takes for people to get by? You know? Because I personally wouldn't do it. And I think it's... I mean, just because it's my opinion of that. I think this guy... Maybe the mother is down with it. I have no idea. But I fucking wouldn't do it. And I'd fucking... I'd feel shitty reading... I feel shitty reading this first tweet. I felt Maybe that's bad. the problem. We don't want to be reminded of these things anyway. The only way to go through is you want to just act like these kind of things do not happen. It's like... You know they happen, but I don't want to have to fucking think about sitting by a deathbed. It's fucked. It's too fucked up to. I don't even. I don't think it's fucking healthy to fucking be fucking throwing that shit into your life. What, it happens, but I don't know. I don't talk about it. Would this be bad? Fez is dying from his shallow cough that yeah. he has, and me and you do a remote from there. <laughs> yeah, that would be bad. We'll be taking your. Co- uh, listen to you. You're catching the cough. I've always have a cough. Um. Here's Joe in Colorado. You're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, fellas. Uh, now, I don't think anybody with it, with uh, the social media the way it is, uh, it seems like everybody has to have everybody know what's going on with them at every moment. Instead of actually living their life, they're writing about it and not actually experiencing what's going on. Um. But see, that's the other thing where, where you know, Fez is saying it's in bad taste because it's not his mom. The son is going through it as well. Yeah. You know, when a death happens to a family, it happens really, it changes everybody's life. Maybe this is the only way the guy could keep going. Now, I'm saying that is I wouldn't be doing this, you know. Yeah. Uh, but... Maybe it would be better off. Maybe you're sharing that stuff. It feels like it's reducing it to 
like I snapped a picture of a great dessert that I was having. It feels like it's just taking the death of his mother down to that level. Yeah, but I'm sure people felt that about the telephone, too. Like, don't give bad news over the telephone. That's just something to say, hey, can you hear my voice? You know what I mean? The the fact of the matter is, you're just saying that, that, that we're represented by the technology, that human emotions cannot be expressed. Uh, books could be children's books, or they could be books about serious matter by death. You can't act like, well, books are no place to put a serious matter. The same could be said of a tweet. Now, this guy he works for NPR, right? Mm -hmm. He's a communicator. There's plenty of people, when they just lose a person, they want to come on the air and talk about it. Because that's where they do their best expressing of their feelings. Maybe this is a way that he is uh, honoring. Honoring his mom. Uh, Ryan, you're on the run of show. What's going on, boys? Yeah. Uh, listen, with my sister, when she was having her second child, uh, she didn't want to know the sex of the baby. She wouldn't let anybody know the names that she was choosing. Um, the day comes, we're all sitting in the waiting room. Um, all of a sudden, on Facebook, she posts that she has a boy, and she blasts out what the name is, while me and my family are all sitting in the waiting room. So you felt like something was taken from you? Well, I just, I just feel like if... You don't want anybody to know, and you're trying to keep secrets, and then at the the pinnacle of the point where everybody's there to support you, and you decide to go social media as opposed to the family that's sitting outside waiting to see you, I think it's kind of bullshit. So this was about you, and not about them. You know what I mean? Like, uh, And I'm not judging, I mean, but you, the reason why you were pissed is you felt like... I've done the work to hear before the Facebook people. How come I didn't get to hear first? It's really about him at this point. Yeah, that's self. I mean, uh, Jeremy, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, guys. I was wanting to ask Fez a question. Like, <laughs> I can't. I, your phone's too bad. Sorry. Michael, in Nebraska, you're on the Run of Fez show. Yo, how's it going, Ronnie? Yeah. Uh, you know, my uh, grandmother just passed away uh, yesterday. And uh, during the whole thing, while she was on her deathbed, you know, my mother was keeping everybody updated via Facebook. Um, and on one side, I think it's great, you know, to keep a lot of people updated. Um, and in response to your last caller, she was also very careful to make sure, you know, important information got out to close family members personally first. Mm -hmm. um, and I feel like I don't know anything about this NPR guy. I just heard about it right now on your show. Yeah. Uh, but it seems like maybe it's bad taste to use something like this in a public forum as a public personality because it is like feels like he's trying to gain personal notoriety for it or publicity somehow again maybe that's his way of coping this is what he does for a living uh, I remember when Johnny Carson uh, lost the son and that when he came back to do the show, uh, he had his son's photographs. Different, His son, I guess, was a photographer. And he was showing it off. And it was really sad. And as much as you could see Carson in a lack of control, a lot of people were turned off by it. A lot of people thought, you are just trying to get 
sympathy, whatever it, it, it is. You, you've turned something in the show business. One of those people was Freddie de Cordoba, uh, his producer. And Carson and Freddie were never supposedly close after that again. We don't know what it takes. Some people feel like I have to come in and do my work because my work is important for me. Other people need to take a lot of time off. What is the right thing to do? You know? Yeah. What is, is it wrong to say someone, you just lost a family member, you shouldn't be in here today? Or is it wrong to say, look, uh, you've let this thing turn into too long, you need to get back here? These are all judgment calls. We don't know. But I can't keep Fez it's, involved in this since Detroit thing. No, it's... He was on a track. When are you seeing your shrink? Friday. Friday. When are you seeing your throat, doctor? <laughs> Listen to you. You're just as bad. Yeah. Why don't I get you two for one? No, man, I don't... I don't. Listen, my pit doc's my doctor. When he comes down next Did time... Did you get I'll, your... Uh, the, pills. My awful pharmacy had to uh, order them. I'm picking up today after the show. They didn't have whatever. Let's see you walk. Them. I haven't seen you walk yet today. It's a little better. Yesterday you were hilarious. Oh, well, hilarious! I was in terrible amount of pain. But you were actually walking I, crooked, I, I and it was, like, it was it was, I, I, it was I, the funniest I, shit. It's like it's slow. Oh, you're walking a lot better than yesterday. <laughs> you're not nearly as funny as yesterday. <laughs> If I sit for a long time, like after when we got, I got up to, before the break, I was hunched over to the right again. Um, Pit Doc has replaced Doctor Steve in our lives. Yeah, sorry, Doctor Steve. Pit Doc's in town, and he's throwing out scripts left and right, <laughs> and delicious food. Yeah, and always different. He's never got never ever no. in all the time. It's been a lot of time so far. You don't get the uh, pie, the yearly pie from him. Like you do <laughs> Doctor Steve. These guys here to the streets. Doctor Steve's a repeater when it comes to Pit Doc's an explorer. He'll he'll go out there and just he try is. something new. Will he it is. hit? Will it miss? Don't know. But this is something different. You might like it. You might not. Send this little mall in. By the way, what time are we going to talk oxys? Um. One thirty. One p.m. is when they're scheduled to come. Wow, down. it's coming up fast. Yeah, intern Molly, please come to the room. <clears throat> oh yeah, intern Molly is your new name. Uh, yeah, I I feel like you, like some people call me intern Molly. I didn't know that. I didn't find out about that till today when uh, the, the term intern Ba was used. <laughs> that's how I, I put them. That's how I put every uh, intern class in, in, in my phone. Intern and then their name. So I have a bunch of fucking interns. <laughs> and they repeat a lot. I don't know. But a lot of mats. A lot of mats. Good amount of mics. Joes. Any other mollies? No. Yes. It's kind of an unusual name, right? It's a throwback name. It is a throwback. Yeah. It's also very preppy. So a lot of preppy people have I didn't know that. Yeah. I guess because it's Irish. Yeah. I just thought drunk girls were named right. <laughs> Does that come across as racism at all? Uh, no. Good. <laughs> How many Mollies were at the country club? Five or six? There were a lot, yeah. Really? Yeah. I'm going to that club. What do they have? Tennis there? Yeah, there's tennis, golf, there's a pool, mm -hmm. this killer Sunday brunch buffet. I'm going to go for that, and then I'm also going to dress up like the like the judge from, uh, what is that, uh, Caddyshack. Caddyshack. Yeah. <laughs> 
can all have to wear jeans. <laughs> that's the only thing. Oh, so. bullshit. When you guys come, no denim. Good. Then get used to seeing our dicks, because that's what they're going to see there. Check this out. <laughs> huh? <laughs> High society jerks. High society. <laughs> Is that even used anymore? I use it every day. Um, all right, there's a spy report up on the iBang right now, Hicks. Spy report. Spy report. Spy report. Uh -oh. Spy report. Spy report. And this is, uh, you got it? It's um, a wire story that uh, got put up. Oh, Jesus Christ. Texas A&M's Polo, Monokanayu, and two others die in car accident. Three and uh, three teenagers. Jeez. And the kid from A&M. Jesus Christ. That A&M seems to be snake bit, huh? Yeah, with, with giant football. Officially, totally off the rails. He doesn't care about football. He wants to get his drink on. And mm. he wants to party in college. He's going to have no no NFL career, even if he goes into the draft. There are a lot of people agreeing with you 100%. <laughs> saying this kid is never going to make the pros. He's Todd Marinovich. He's got that party bug in him. And I guess there's no one around to, to rein him in. I don't know. Send me Bot in real quick. I want to. I haven't talked sports with him for a while. I want to get his predictions on Johnny Football. Intern Bot, please come to the studio. I was wearing a school shirt today. That's right. Johnny Football. Is he going to make it or not? I cannot, or is his head going to derail him? I cannot believe what Chris Stanley just said. That's absurd. I'm hearing it on ESPN. I'm hearing it from a lot of people saying he won't finish his time at A&M. That trouble is brewing, and they worry about the kid's head. I don't think he needs to finish his time at Texas A&M. Cam Newton didn't finish his time at Florida, where he started. Yeah. Went to junior college and went to Auburn. You can make the NFL... In numerous in numerous ways, there's there are guys that are, you know, top tier talent. They go to junior college, they come back. He's a great talent, so there has to be a team that'll take a chance. Nothing on will no, but the pros don't screw around with a, with a weird head anymore. It took Tyron Matthew. Just I just am telling you, is that guy going to have a career? Because your head has to be completely in the game. Fez, what are you thinking? Um, I th I I don't think he's going to have a career whatsoever. I I think he's going to totally implode. And I know also um, there was a lot of what I considered cruelty going on around the place today. Um, I just want to point out that uh, it also extends to the intern class as well. Molly, what did I you do? Something did you Molly. use the other f word? No, never. No, I'm not, I'm not talking about the other F word. There, last Friday, remember when I took us all out for Greek food? Yes. I had to organize that event, something special, because Molly was excluded from a BA organized event that the other that. interns whoa, 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 whoa. What? were having. Everybody stop. Okay. It's just uh, Fez. It's me. Fez. It's Fez. I'm not Fez. everybody. Fez, I'm Fez, here to... Fez might as well be everybody. But that's absurd. That. First of all, I didn't even go to the intern outing on Friday. So I don't know what you're talking about. The way I heard it was there was this big intern thing that you were making sure people got invited to. Whoa, 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 whoa. Everybody pump the brakes. <laughs> well played. 
But you you understand that you're upset because Molly didn't get invited to the Greek food thing, but I didn't get invited to the Greek food thing. Molly so did had, get invited to the Greek but, uh, food. Yeah, she did. She did. But, but I, I didn't. So what are you talking about? Because you, from what I understood, you had plans to go to the very cool ice bar. We did. In Manhattan. We did. And Molly was completely left out of that. That's so. not true. That's absolutely not true. Well, she was there. I wasn't there, but we we all. Then why did you say you went? No, I, I said I did not go. I said I did not go. I did not go out Friday. I, well, I, I can't even hear any of these stories. So I got to move on and do stuff. It's all too stupid. If you forgive me, Fez, this is all too stupid. Uh, coming up in a little while, we're going to be talking uh, about oxycotton and what it means to the country right now. Uh, but Hicks, there's a piece that a local news bit did on hipsters. And I just want to see whether you fit in or not. Okay. Um, and I'm just stopping that because Fez never looks into stuff and finds out the true story about stuff. I really can't have a uh, let's go over every detail of what party was supposed to be what. Alright, All right, let's see. Exploring the Oh, skipping breakfast could cause a heart attack. I'm going to show that to Fez because we're always telling him to have protein in the morning. Record shops, coffee shops, daytime dance parties. I found hipster culture is thriving in some St. Louis neighborhoods. Oh, Jesus. Hipster is defined as someone interested in new and unconventional patterns. And there might be nothing more unconventional than this. The handlebar in the Grove, voted best hipster bar by the Riverfront Times, throws a daytime dance party on the third Wednesday of every month. Everybody just wants to dance and enjoy themselves, and it's just uh, another excuse to do that during lunch on a Wednesday afternoon. This is what this is like on Friday night and a Saturday night. From the Grove to Cherokee Street, some say hipster culture is alive and well in St. Louis neighborhoods. Yeah, it's in any metropolitan area, you know, Chicago, New York, of course, and um, St. Louis has a pretty big one. Cherokee definitely has a reputation of being kind of a hipster mecca. Whether it's a record shop selling music not currently on the billboard charts or a quirky clothing store selling stuff you oh, probably God. won't find in a mall, so-called hipster hangouts can be found on just about every corner, including this locally owned coffee shop, The Mud House. On Yelp, you kind of have to categorize your business and hipster is one of the buttons you can check. And I checked it because it's, uh, it's undeniably, it's undeniably that, that. So what is that? There's a general vibe. Fashion just comes along with it. Can I put on my sweet hipster sunglasses? It's how you dress, it's how you think, it's how you carry yourself, it's your demeanor, it's your attitudes, your, your just entire essence. It's like we reject like popular culture and like want to embrace local, you know, creative people. It's just kind of whatever that nouveau young person's generation culture is of, of that particular decade or era. Hmm. 
hipsters don't like trendy things, but being a hipster has become trendy. I mean, we have some pictures of a celebrity. Take a look at the Jared Leto, Natalie Portman. We found out it's not that hip to call yourself a hipster. Most don't like to be called anything. They don't like to be oh. put in a box. Johnny Depp, or, Michelle Williams, and Michael Phelps, the very hip Michael Phelps. Those black rimmed glasses, Mike. kind of, you know, always wears a suit and tie. Well, we decided to shake that up. Yeah, they're dressing him as a hipster. Um, let's uh, turn this up. This. Oh my God, he has a cheer shirt on. We're talking with Chris Stanley, the ironic bearded. Now, does back pain play a big part in your hipster thing? It, it plays a big part in my personal life. Uh, let's see. Young people who like to drink coffee, uh, party in the afternoon. Day drinking. Yeah, do trivia. Wouldn't that just be called a young person? <laughs> no, this is a certain type of hipster scum that needs to be pointed out they're, and rounded up. They're drinking and dancing before the sun even goes down. <laughs> Some of these hooligans wear white after September. <laughs> Where do they get off? What is just a stupid fucking thing? Must have been a slow news day in St. Louis. It's always a slow news day. Oh, oh shit. St. Louis getting hammered. No, I, I like it. I've, I've never been, but... It's a, nice no, you're coming back. <laughs> you know they have an arch. Hipsters like to look at the arch. <laughs> it's just... Local news is on to you hipsters is the name of this. They really enjoy hanging out with each other in the daytime and now, or nighttime. Now, this young man, 50-year-old Johnny Depp, <laughs> seems to be a hipster. <laughs> like, they like movies and albums. Talking amongst each other. Sometimes they'll even sm smoke blunts or marijuana cigarettes. <laughs> Occasionally a 40 will be drank of a local beer. Sometimes they want that icky sticky. <laughs> They're so stupid. No, no, enjoy Pap's Blue Ribbon. Um, here's uh, here's Jason in Buffalo. You're on the Run and Fez show. Yeah, hey, Ronnie. How you doing? Good. Good. Yeah, um, I guess you haven't gotten into the Oxy yet, but, man, it's, uh, it's a hell of a thing. You know, a friend introduced me to it uh, a while ago, and then started seeking it out and i found a quack who's willing to write up hundreds of pills a month and it just fucking shit's just not the same you know like even going to the gym i i hate working out uh without having been you know uh taking that taking it, it's like it's it's a blast you know it's fun but other than that uh it's it's a drag and i hate getting myself there and can't do it it's uh, become very, very commonplace now, and our friend Sean Dunn, before he was on the show, he actually did a Kickstarter from here and uh, to go out and raise money for his movie, Oxiana. Um, he raised the money, he hit it, went down, shot for three weeks, edited this film together, and ended up winning at the Tribeca Film Festival. It's out now. Where can you see it on Vimeo? Uh, it's um, on Vimeo. And Vimeo. You just, just go to Oxiana.com and you can watch, get a digital copy of the film. There's, just go to Oxiana.com and there's a big button that says watch the film. Click now, what, what town was this that was more or less ground zero? Oceana, West Virginia. It was the town that they went down to. What a strange name to bring up Ocean in the middle of a landlocked state. <laughs> yeah, like a, a coal mining town. Yeah. 
Uh, how long have you been on Oxys? Um, fucking around for a couple of years, and then over the past course, course of the past year or so, it's been more and more serious. Is it a daily thing with you? Uh, when I got them, I mean, when I get my script filled, fucking thing's gone within four days. And, you know, I keep, like, saying, all right, this is going to last at least two weeks. I'm going to parse them out. I'm going to do this. I'm going to keep them separate places. Mm -hmm. But, no, 120 of them are gone within a weekend, four days. So, week uh, daily, one available. When, uh, what are you paying for 120? Oh, it's a script. So, that's that's a fucking bargain. That would be worth 400. I could, I could get rid of that for... Four hundred, five hundred dollars. If I wanted to sell it, mm-hmm. yeah. and for you, it's nothing. Uh, well, I mean, yeah, because it's a script. Yeah. Now, what was the original reason that you were given a script? Uh, well, you know, I got back pain, much like yeah. Mister Hicks, Chris Stanley, yeah. doing his act. What? No, it you really hurt me. It really hurts. I don't think you are. It really hurts. Mm-hmm. Now, the dude, the dude runs the pain center. You know, there aren't too many of them up here, um, but. Uh, it's, it's like the ones I heard about in Florida. It's jam-packed every time you walk in, wall-to-wall with people, and it's just high turnaround. Doc comes in, sees you for maybe a minute and a half, asks, oh, how are you doing? How's, how's the meds helping you? Okay, let's get your refills, get you back in in a month. So it's just, it's, uh, it's a pill shop. Now, is it still the same high that you're getting on it, or are you just doing it now to maintain I never get sick. I don't know what's up with that. I have a friend who's fucked around far less, and she gets sick if she doesn't get her daily dose. But, um, right. you know, no, I do. I just, I got to, I mean, I used to be able to take two lower tabs and be flying, and now it's exponential. It's, it's not like that anymore. So, no, I'm not taking the same. All right, thanks, Jason. Uh, if you want to uh, call back, because Sean's going to be in here, but his dad is also going to be here. He's a recovering junkie uh, and a really great guy. And I, I send a lot of people uh, over to him when they um, write to me because uh, he's very helpful in helping people find out how to get off some of this stuff. Who, By the way, who did that artwork on the poster? It's pretty terrific. I'm not sure who the artist is. It's, yeah, it's badass. Yeah, it's great. All right. Thanks, Ron. Uh, okay. Uh, Oxiana is the name of the film, and you can watch it online only for what three ninety nine? Yeah, three bucks, four bucks, and then you just watch it right there, streaming right into your computer. Go to Oxiana dot uh, uh, com for this. I watched it uh, last week, um, and it really is just a talking head kind of movie of people going through all of living in the same town. How they got on the drug, what this drug has done to their town, what it's done to their family, what it's done to their career paths, what it's done to their uh, lookout out on life. Yeah, it's it's and it's from everyone, from the doctors to the people to it's, it's really it's now. Terrible. As I was watching this, I was just writing down some things that were coming into my mind. All right, um, a minute twenty-two on Chris Stanley. Oh, what? Um, three minutes, 45 seconds. This looks, this sounds exactly like Pepper. Okay. Five minutes, 10 seconds. And I just drew a picture of a guy, and then I drew a line that said, Bad back. <laughs> the That's Chris Stanley. Hurt my back. Yeah. Are you taking those pills for your back? I'm picking them up today, oh. Molly. I was just asking. 
That's how it starts. And I'm just telling. That's how it starts. Uh, here's my friend Holly in Seattle. Hey, Holly. Hey, guys. I just wanted to say real quick, in the 90s, I think, I can't remember, I'm so old, when I, I worked at this law firm in Pittsburgh, and Pittsburgh is relatively close to West Virginia, and we were having a whole rash of people, that's when people started robbing drugstores for uh-huh. the OxyContins, and we had a nurse come in, because we were getting all kind of calls, I worked for a personal injury law firm, and we were getting all these calls of these people on this OxyContin, and nobody knew what it was. So they had a nurse come in, and we had kind of a seminar, and she was telling us that they originally made OxyContin because it was for cancer patients who were dying, that morphine couldn't help them anymore, and it was to just keep them comfortable till they died. And the drug companies started having their reps go out to West Virginia to all these mom-and-pop doctor's places, and they were just telling people, oh, yeah, you can prescribe this for back pain, neck pain, car accidents, the whole nine yards. Miracle drug. And that's why all this stuff, why it got so crazy, because it was never even meant for the general public to use. It was supposed to be for dying cancer patients. Well, the good thing is that people are still dying on it. <laughs> just um, from it. The yeah. Good news. Yeah, but they're just not. So, and then they realized that it was a time-released medicine that if you take it, it's supposed to last all day, and that if you crush it, that you get the entire thing all at once in your body. Uh, because it was supposed to be time release by crushing it up and snorting it, boom, you get, you know, 20 hours worth right off the it, bat. Yeah, right there, yeah. So, anyways, that's just what I knew. Just, But that was so long ago, and now it's, it just seems like it's getting so much worse, but I remember it back in so long ago when it was just starting out and nobody even knew what it was. Well, I, I'm always curious about this. Are the drug companies and doctors ignorant of this? Are they naive when it comes to this? Or are they part of the problem? Do they think this is I good think, business? It keeps people coming back. I think the drug companies and the representatives, you know, when you go to the doctor's office and they have all those pens and notepads and stuff from all the drug reps that come out and push their medicines, I think the drug companies push the medicines, and the doctors, if it's a newer medicine, they're willing to try it. And from what I understand, they were just got misinformation saying that this should this could go to anybody that has aches and pains. Right. Well, one of the doctors in this, uh, it was a dentist, actually, in the film. Did you watch it, Chris? Yeah, I watched it, yeah. Where he was like, I was really kind of ignorant of this at first of the amount of people, and I did over-prescribe like, my first couple weeks being here, but I started to catch on and realize that everybody was bullshitting me who was showing up. Um, right. But don't, don't, don't you also think that it would be a very tough thing to say to people, um, you say that you're in pain, but I don't believe you. You know what I mean? Because we know nothing's worse than physical pain, know. you know? Right. I would hate to and leave someone I think in pain. The thing that's so crazy now is when I lived in Florida, it was so bad in Florida, and there was a clinic just down the street from me, and it had bars on the windows, and they actually had armed guards that stood out front. They looked like they were in riot gear that stood out front of the clinic all day, and they had picnic tables set up in the back that was basically their waiting room, and people would just sit back there all day and pay 100 bucks and get a script. Now... 
It seems to me this also seems to be a white person's drug, where yeah. a, lot, a lot of drugs came from the inner city. This is much more of a rural and suburban drug. Yeah. It, it's yeah. definitely, I mean, well, even in New York City, the majority of the the de- Oxycontin deaths or things that involve that drug are happening on Staten Island, which is probably the most suburban of the five boroughs. Yes, yeah, it's Jersey. And yeah, and then, you know, southern Brooklyn, like way out there in Brooklyn, like fucking Marine Park or whatever, there's kids just banging oxys left and right. Like the more suburban areas. But also, it doesn't seem like it's a kid's drug. It seems like it's kind of a, it's a middle-aged drug. Uh, at least a lot of people are like 30s on. Because it's not a party drug, you know? No, you bang oxys and you sit in your fucking apartment. You don't even want to hang out with other people. No. All right, thanks, Holly. Okay, thanks. Bye-bye. Bye. Um, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. We're going to have uh, Sean Dunn come in. His film is Oxiana. It's um, just doing uh, great. Winning the Tribeca Film Festival is best new uh, filmmaker. Go to Oxiana.com to view the film. It's available now online. You can purchase the DVD, Blu-ray, or get a digital copy at the film's website. He's going to bring his uh, father in with him, who's a recovering junkie, uh, working with people all the time, helping them get straight. Uh, it's a it's a um, prejudice of mine that, for some reason, I honestly think recovering people are more likely to help other people get into recovery. I know it's not the only way. Um, but it was only the the only people I was ever uh, comfortable um, talking to. Here's Turtle in Iowa. How you doing, Turtle? Uh, buddy, let me let me put down this Molly's cupcake that I'm enjoying. Delicious. Oh, congratulations! Um, <laughs> I was a drug rep for 15 years, and these companies absolutely want you to promote these products for uh, indications or for uses that they aren't normally intended. And kind of just, they give you like a wink and a nod. You know, here's a clinical study. It's it's an off-label indication. And don't talk to your doctors about this study, but here's 250 copies of it. You know, it, it, it's, it's absurd. It's, it's a wink and a nod. Go out there and take care of your business. But does anyone at the drug companies ever say, what a great product, it's addictive, so it's going to keep people coming back? No, in fact, what they do is, you know, the prescribing information on a product may say it has this incidence of a side effect, you know, addiction or cough or whatever at like 5%. If there's one or two studies out there that show it lessens that side effect, you have to, they want you to lead with that and say, well, you know, it's not really as bad as it may appear, doctor. It's in this study, you know, it showed it was only 3%. Mm. And, and it, it's, you know, there's science behind it, but it's, it's really, it's kind of disingenuous. Do you feel bad knowing that there's so many overdoses on this now? There's so many deaths? Well, you know, I never sold Oxycontin. Mm. Um, it, it's awful. And the truth, I don't know, Ron. You know, does a car salesman feel bad if somebody, you know, gets in a car wreck and dies? Um, I don't so know. So what we're bringing up, do I, people I in sales even have the slightest 
care in the world. I mean, you know, because, uh, uh, you know, we know uh, people who sell alcohol and they don't sit around feeling bad about alcoholics. It's on each person, I imagine. The drug companies don't care. Uh, Chuck Schumer had to, had to fight to get uh, generic Oxycontin. Just to hold off. Don't put it out yet because the, the copyright, you know. One of the things that I didn't even understand is a lot of these people are paying big money for these pills. Hell like yeah, dude. $45 a piece. Yeah. And it's like, and, and it's dudes who, you know, are not getting ripped off. That's the going price. That's the going price in the market right now. It's, most of the time it's a buck a milligram. Like a, 30, a 30 milligram Roxy, 30 bucks, 45 bucks, whatever, depending on the well, I remember when Sean said, I want to go do this movie. Uh, and I'm raising money for it. Off he went and shot it fairly quickly. I think like three weeks. Uh, edited it, got it in the Tribeca Film Festival. Uh, one there. And, uh, of course, now there's all kinds of controversy going back and forth about what's this film mean? Yeah. Does it, you know, is it a bad betrayal of a town? But I think you would have done this at a lot of different towns, a lot of different small towns, small towns and and, and big towns. I mean, Boston got hit hard with uh, this. Massachusetts, I think, had like the most uh, pharmacy robberies one year because this guy's just knocking them over to get oxycon. There I'm was, always surprised that there's not more pharmacy ro- robberies. Last last year, that was that horrible story of that dude that just walked into a pharmacy to get pills for his girlfriend, murdered three people for yeah. no reason whatsoever. It's it, it's terrible. Well, also, yeah, you do lose your shit on this. Um, Oxycon, uh, Oxiana.com. We will continue to take your calls. And we're going to bring in the filmmaker, Sean Dunn, a good buddy of ours, and his father, Jack Dunn. Uh, let's bring them in now. Uh, Sean Dunn in with us now. Uh, Oxiana is available now online. You can purchase the DVD, Blu-ray, digital copies at the film website. Also, also available on iTunes. As we say, big award winner at Tribeca Film Festival. Uh, Sean, I remember when you had the idea, came in, said, I'm going to go off and do this. Yeah. I said, have you been there? No, haven't been there. Raising money to take off. And uh, it's become this uh, major success. Yeah, yeah. We uh, we actually left from your show uh, that day back in May last year, and we headed straight down to uh, to Oceana to make the film. And 
because of the publicity on the show, on the 10-hour drive down there, we were getting uh, phone calls and some strange things going on. Pe- people saying, don't dig around in the drug culture down there. A lot of people are very worried for us, but uh, we, we did it. We shot five weeks and did it. This town itself you picked for what reason? Um, I, I think that I hadn't seen such a concentration of addicts in any one place in my life before, besides mm-hmm. the gathering of the Juggalos. But, you know. By the way, they were in here this morning. I was know. That I, I, isn't I, that crazy? I, it was. It's just <laughs> such a coincidence. It's crazy. Um, you said you also met your producer, Dan, that day? Um, well, no. I mean, because of the show, yeah. he, a, a bunch of people reached out. You know, it's a, it's a topic that affects a lot of people. And he, he happened to be a fan, and he reached out, and he said, I'd love to be involved. And he, he came through with some crucial funding, and he's an executive producer on the film now. How cool. I know. How I know. absolutely cool. Yeah. And how cool when you're like, oh, I want to be involved uh, with filmmaking, and you ended up with this crazy film that, you know, uh, here, here's the thing, and I, I can't even figure out, Sean. It's really a talking head movie in a lot of ways, and it just, you know, one after another, and before you know it, you're so engrossed, there's a certain kind of magic to that kind of filmmaking, I can't even, I don't know where it hooks me. Well, it was, I mean, it was a conscious decision from the beginning to make it immersive, to not pull the viewer out of it by going to title cards or experts or any of this stuff. We were, we were talking to addicts and the people that were affected by addiction down there. And, you know, we, we kept it in that realm. And I think because of that, it feels, it feels really immersive. Uh, how's the town feel about this? Um, it's, you know, it was about a 50, 50 split when we had down there last May, uh, some supporters, some not. You know, we had a couple even death threats saying, you know, right. don't dig around in the drug culture down here or be right. prepared to be met by Smith and Wesson. But since the film's come out and people have had a chance to see it, the tide has really changed. They realize what the film is. It's not trying to take that town to task in any way. Uh, this is this is more just showing, you know, it's a it's a film about drug abuse. And I I honestly believe you could make that. You could have you know went to. Ocala, Florida, Elkton, Maryland, Scranton, Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can mm-hmm. find a drug culture in about any town now. Yeah, yeah, and, and that was the idea. I felt that uh, Oceana and, and Wyoming County, uh, West Virginia, they, they really served as a microcosm at, for, for what's going on in, in the rest of the country. You know, we, we're seeing this issue everywhere, and especially now that this is getting a little bit of national attention. We're hearing from people every day saying that that reminds me exactly of my hometown and the problems that are going on there. So it, it's pretty sad. That's unfortunate. Your father, uh, Jack Dunn, who uh, you've had your past with uh, drugs and you've been very, very helpful to listeners of this uh, program, people to call in. And they're they're everywhere, Jack. Yes, they are. Yes, they are. Ron. Uh, What's it like just... for you to watch this, though, somebody in recovery and seeing that many people on the edge? <clears throat> Well, you know, if you want to know the truth, uh, it, there were a couple of uh, uh, people that uh, Sean um, uh, had on the film that uh, it was like a pure mirror of me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I said, you know, that was me. And, and to, to see the desperation and the, the uh, willingness and uh, the desire to hold on to whatever they had in terms of, um, in terms of uh, the drugs that were helping them live, was uh, it, to be on the other side of it uh it just you know it made me extremely grateful for you know having put this behind me and but never to forget about it and uh to um 
you know, just to to witness another town in the United States. I've been acutely aware of the drug problem in many towns. It's in my town. It's in your town. Mm -hmm. It's everywhere. And uh, you know, I saw this as uh, especially with the uh, kind of publicity that Sean was getting. I um, you know I saw this as a possibility to uh, not start another movement because there are many. Uh, there is a movement towards recovery. Uh, and uh, and an awareness of uh, prescription drug abuse, whether it's under control or not, I, I don't think so. Uh, but you know, more importantly, uh, you know, I saw this as just another reminder. Here it is, man. This is yeah. another town that's gone down. You know, and how many towns are there? How many towns are there in nationwide, uh, in North America, in the world? You know, that are struggling, and and uh, especially the youth. Uh, you know, I saw that these guys were in their, you know, 20s, maybe early 30s, you know, and I'm not going to mention any of their names. Uh, and I don't know what's happened to them since the release of the film, you know. Uh, but but the the, um, the strength of the film, it, I, I, I was extremely impressed, not because Sean's my son and, you know, I am proud of him, you know, but uh, there's a message there. And I'm glad that he stepped up in his filmmaking, that he's willing to step up and... Uh, and take on some of these very important issues that, you know, maybe they'd be buried, you know, otherwise. Sean, uh, for you, was it because your dad's problems that that helped you become aware of this kind of stuff? Um, yeah, I think, I think it, yeah, it, it helped me notice it more. Um, you know, I, I stopped through, the, the first time I ever went through Oceana was, was really, it was, I was on a road trip with uh, Johnny Corndog, who no, now goes by Johnny Fritz. And who, we were, who was playing that song that ends your movie and yeah, we brought yeah, you he, in. So. He, he ended up, um, you know, helping out with, the, with the, the music for the film. But we were on just a road trip from Virginia to Nashville, and we happened to stop in Oceana for the night. And, uh, it, you know, be, because we had, our family had gone through such struggles with my dad's addiction i was i was keenly aware of what that looked like and felt like and i'll never forget getting out of the car for the first time in this in this otherwise beautiful lush landscape and just getting that feeling come over me that that anxious pity your stomach feeling that i used to get when he would come home fucked up so mm -hmm. yeah. you know it, it really it spoke to me on a personal level as well so um the strange thing about this drug is that so many people are getting it from their pharmacists and and then eventually going out and copping on the street yes. but a lot of people get into this drug because they were in physical pain mm -hmm. not understanding addiction correct. at all correct yeah that's that's the rough thing for that me that's the rough thing yeah you know uh i um Ron, there was a, a subject in the film that spoke about, he went to his uh, kitchen cabinet and took out a, uh, a pill bottle, and he said that he had gone to a certain city, Washington, and that he went to a doctor, and for $1,000, he was prescribed you know, yeah, enough to kill a horse, enough to kill a horse, and the resale value. So, you know, there was some monetary value for, you know, uh, for him. However, um, you know, the, 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 thing of, the thing of it is, is that, this it's it's it permeates our whole society there's doctors that that are looking to make a lot of money off off people that uh either are not addicted or are presently addicted i know personally myself with my struggles with uh with pain medication and um and, and prescription drugs and i think that was the uh that was the main part of of uh, the mainstay of my addiction i was something i always went back to is the uh is the 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 uh, prescription drugs and um the the thing of it was that uh there was always a doctor 
a name of a doctor you could go to right you know and uh you know let you just you know for a few dollars or whatever it was you know you could get a prescription personally my disease went way out of control and i went into uh calling in my own prescriptions and uh and forging prescriptions i got myself in some serious trouble yeah that is you know, where it gets really serious it gets serious well yeah. i mean and, and a lot of times it even starts a lot more innocently than that somebody gets a prescription because they were hurt and yeah you know it started with me yeah and well i mean and, and in some of these some of these towns where where it's it's poor people it's people on the poverty line they're looking at that pill bottle that represents four thousand dollars if they were to go sell it and there's plenty of buyers so mm-hmm. a lot of these families get get stuck in these in these awkward positions and, and the miseducation about what these drugs do to you addiction-wise, that, that's what creates a situation like Oxiana. Yeah. Um, you purposely did not go and try to talk to a lot of non-addicts in this uh, film or, or how we can get out of it. You put the spotlight on where we are right now. Yeah, I mean, this, this was a film more to scratch the surface on this problem, show what it is and show what it really looks like. You know, it's, it's really raw and uh, it's, it's, a, it's a bitter pill to swallow in a lot of ways. And, and that was the idea. If we, if we kind of, if we sugarcoated this in any way, that, that wouldn't be doing anyone any favors. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't be doing this town any favors. It wouldn't be doing anyone who's struggled with addiction in any way any favors to, to sugarcoat this or try to, to try to throw some easy solutions on there. They're not there yet. This, this is a film that, that's meant to spark the dialogue on, as to how we can help these people in these yeah. towns. Jack, do you think that these doctors and pharmacies are naive, or is it more sinister than that? Well, uh, it's funny. I have an attorney friend of mine uh, that is uh, hell-bent on, edu- on, on somehow getting the message into, uh, into the universities, the, the, the medical schools, that there should be a course given to potential doctors to medical students on addiction drug seeking and and how um they should be very aware of the fact that this is a like an underground culture that exists and there are people that are out there that will take advantage of them i think uh um, uh, 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 Mike Moore, uh, the dentist in Oceana, mm-hmm. what, you know, he what did he say? He extracted two thousand teeth a year. Yeah, and it, it took him a while when he after he opened his practice to understand these people were in there to get paid medication. I thought that that was amazing. That was fantastic. that he he was like, hey, they fooled me for a while, but I get it now, and I'm not right, playing right. into this game. Right, right. And also, he said, I'm not leaving. I love this place. Yeah. You know? I mean, I, I I was so impressed with uh, with his testimony in that film. Just. Uh, yeah, it really said a lot. Yeah, it really said a lot. Really uh, we're going to open the phones up to people because, uh, as we said before, this is all over the country. You focused on one town because you were looking for a face, a uh, a kind of ground zero, if you will. But this could have been just about anywhere. Absolutely. Um, here's uh, Dave. Dave, you're on the Run of Fest show. Hey, how you doing, guys? Yeah. I, I, I I used to go to that town every week for work, and it is amazing on such a small, tiny little town, and, you know, the, the only work there are people working in the coal mines and the tiny little mom-and-pop lumber yard that I used to deliver to. Nobody seems like they do anything, and there's nothing to do, so I can kind of see how, you know, you know, people could get wrapped up into something like this because there is absolutely nothing to do in that. Town. But that's also excuses, man. It, it's that very doesn't convenient mean excuse. anything, no, I, you know. No, I, I I understand that. I mean, there's wildlife. There's there's all. You know, it's a beautiful place. It, 
You know, and that whole thing, like, if we had a youth center, we wouldn't be getting stoned, is bullshit, man. <laughs> it's bullshit. It's true. That's, that's really true. You know, some people uh, get high and other people don't. You don't know how it goes. You don't know if it goes from parent to child. I thought one of the most remarkable things that you shot was the adult son with his mother who was offering him help but saying, I can't do it myself. I'll get you this. I'll take you there. Wow. And she said to me... Underwear and cigarettes. Yeah, she said to me the most amazing thing. She goes, hey, if, if I could fix it, it'd be fixed now. Right. Yeah. Basically saying right. to this adult man, I'm willing to do the work. You are not. It's sad, but it's also very, very true. Yeah, I mean that that was a really profound moment to me too, in particular having having dealt with him and just just knowing that you're, you're not going to be able to do it for the person. And like you said, you you have listeners that that'll get in touch with with my dad. Yeah, and you know he can only do so much. You you, you can only right. do so much for another person. And I think that putting that at the at the end of the film, positioning where it was, is just you know it was to to show how profound that that moment really was. And. Yeah, Jack, let me just ask you on a personal level. How do you feel when people reach out for help and you know you're giving them the right information and they don't fall through? Is that rough? Well, I'll tell you. Uh, early on, early on, yeah. it used to disturb me. You know, uh, and I don't, I don't think that I'm uh, a weathered uh, recovery person that can just, you know, sh uh, shuffle it off my shoulder as if nothing ever happened. But the bottom line is I think that um, I know that if that person is ready that they'll do their part. And I think you and I, Ron, mm -hmm. on our last appearance, we, you spoke of that, and I thought it was, uh, was great of you to ask me, you know, what, what, what was it that made you, what is it that makes the person do it? And, I, and we have to take personal responsibility for ourselves. We're sick, people. We're sick. We need help. Mm -hmm. But after we get that initial, um, you know, the Jones is gone, you know, we have a little bit of time under our belt, we're exposing ourselves to the proper things to recognize our disease, then it becomes, what am I going to do? What's it going to be? Am I going to continue this? You know, um, you know, addiction is like instant gratification. So we want instant gratification when we put the drug down or the drink or whatever it may be. You know, instant gratification is not going to happen. It takes time. You know, I, I've heard a phrase before is, you know, we've, uh, it took us 20 years to get into the woods. You think you're going to come out in a week? Yeah. You know, all of a sudden, no, well, I don't feel well. I don't feel well. It's a process. Let the process happen. Let yourself be surrounded by people that are of like mind and have been where you've been mm. and trust them that they're bringing you out of this, you know? And, uh, well, it's, I mean, it can be done. I saw, I mean, uh, I saw my done, own man. father at the at the yeah. worst depths that, yeah. that an addict could be shape. at. Yeah, and and yeah. he came back and he's stronger than ever. And he's yeah. been and he's been able to help people. So there there is a message of hope there. There is, and that's what's funny. You're seeing people in this film, uh, in this time, feeling that there's no hope, mm -hmm. no hope for them, their friends, their towns, and the reality of it is, you've seen people come back. Famous people and not so famous people. You know, people that we had written off. Uh, one of the people that's written off in this country is the biggest movie star in the world right now. Robert Downey Jr. And yeah, he was an absolute joke to uh, to the newspapers for years. Absolutely. And uh, he, and we knew at his worst, he was a brilliant guy. As soon as he got it together, uh, everybody had to agree to that. Um, Let's go over here to Dustin in Florida. Go ahead, Dustin. Hi, Ron. Yeah. Hey, great, great to, um, glad y'all took my call. And, um, you guys making this, uh, film is great. It's good y'all are putting some light on this stuff. Thanks, man. 
But, um, yeah, I just want to call and say, um, Ron, you, you're kind of an inspiration. I've listened to some of your stuff on YouTube about back in the day, your issues, and it's just, you know, you get you give some, some hope. I'm not real sure what I'm trying to say, but um, I'm 22, and I got, I'm, I'm you know, I got this problem. And uh, it's hard. It's really, really hard. I've never wanted anything so bad as to to quit and just, you know, be back to normal. But like you guys were just saying, you start to get sick, and uh, you know the only thing that's going to help you. And then, you know, you, you're screwed up again before you know it. What are you, what are you messing with? Oh, oxys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, there's, there's such a thing uh, about hitting the bottom. And uh, um, the, the 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 problem is is that uh, you know every bottom has a trap door, and uh, youth works and against you. Youth, and youth mm -hmm. is uh, twenty two years old. You know you're you're uh, coming out of the gate, and you don't really have anything to go back to. Um, you know w w you know what are you going to go back to your high school days? I mean, <laughs> so so you know you're you're you've got a couple of strikes against you. But I'll tell you what, man, there is hope. You know, you, you say that, um, you know, you know what you're up against. And I, I think that it's probably larger than you can even imagine mm -hmm. because you um, are facing having to use every day, right? Yeah. 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 And, uh, you know, I don't know, I don't know how it's going to end, but, you know, if you can surround yourself somehow or reach out somewhere, you sound like you might be from down south somewhere. Uh, yes, sir. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, uh, recovery is everywhere, you know. And if you're really serious, and we're on serious radio, but if you're really serious about uh, about um, making a change, because it's going to take some effort on your behalf, you're going to have to do your part, really. <laughs> but there are people that will help you make that a little bit more comfortable with you as you go through it. And it's a process, man, my brother, and you can come out of this. I'm telling you right now, and it's the best move I ever made in my life. I'm 60 years old. And my last six years have been the best six years that I can remember since being a young man. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? And that's six years that you almost didn't get, dude. You almost know what I mean? Almost didn't get. Yeah, that, that, uh, that bottom we're talking about, and there's a trap door at every bottom. Well, the final one is that last drop is six feet. <laughs> yeah. That's true. You know? yeah. Um, well, here's a pharmacist, Nick, in Colorado. Hey, Nick. Hello. Go ahead, buddy. Hey. Um, I actually work for a retail uh, grocery store, a uh, major one, and uh, full-time for them. And I kind of float between three, sometimes four states. And I see this a lot. I see it every day. And as healthcare professionals, the, uh, the boards of pharmacy and the DEA are actually, they're aware of this, and they're, they're starting to pay more attention to it and they're trying to educate more healthcare professionals but I can tell you um, I don't know what your name was but you said that you feel like medical professionals should should get courses on addiction and it's very lacking in the program I remember when I went to school there was pretty much zero percent education on addiction right here's the interesting thing we've now made being a pharmacist or even a doctor a pretty dangerous profession because they're dealing one-on-one -on -one with desperate people and people who aren't, who aren't of their of their own mind right Correct. now yeah. you're dealing yeah. with a, a drug addict and it makes it a pretty scary proposition for some of these guys well i mean there's a doctor in the film who who works in emergency room in the area and he says it's it's half the time it's filled up with with people who are just trying to scam pills and they're fake injuries and there's people that really need help in there yeah 
And he says, at any given moment, you go upstairs and half the half the children being born are on methadone because their mothers are addicted. And, you know. Well, that's one of the things, uh, Suboxone, is that the name of it came yeah, up yes, a little yeah, bit? Yes. Are you a believer in that, uh, Jack, or <sighs> you know, um, is it trading I, addictions? I, I, I personally think it's trading addictions. I've, I've, um, it's had... great harm reduction. I'll say that my, my personal opinion about it, it's, it's harm reduction, and, and it's, it's got to start somewhere. You know, some, these people are really putting themselves in danger it, shooting it these pills. It so. does have to start somewhere, and it's a good titrate, but, you know, for long-term use, and I know people that are using it long-term. They've been uh-huh. on Suboxone for years. Yeah. Years. So what's it going to be? I mean, you can see the glassy-eyed look and at the fact that they are medicated. They're just on a legal, very expensive substance, by right. the way, um, that is, is not allowing them to address the ultimate problem. Is If you stock that Suboxone, the monster is going to wake up. Sure. And he's going to say, come on, it's time to go. Yeah. And I, uh, I remember, you know, copping methadone like yeah. it was, you yeah. know. Absolutely. This is great. Yeah, you man. know, yeah. it wasn't to get off anything. It yeah. was to get on. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, long term. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, I really think until you're um, sober of it is the only chance that you, you get yeah. any freedom. Yeah. How to get there, you know, that, I guess, can be handled by each person, what they're yeah. willing to do. But I would be nervous to call myself a sober person if I'm still taking any kind of Well, well I mean, for right. instance, uh, down down there in Oceana and Wyoming County, I'm sure in, in a lot of other places, there's a black market for Suboxone. Those go, oh, going yeah. for $35 a strip down there. That's that's ridiculous. The black market uh, aspect of this really yeah. is tough, too. Yeah. Because here you got people poor, addicted, and then overpaying mm-hmm. for their drug. Mm-hmm. Well, um, I mean, there's a, there's a young woman in the film who who tells us that her to, in order to get high, she needs to have six hundred to eight hundred dollars a day. That was incredible. Where's that yeah. coming from? You know, what are the types of things that these young ladies are having to do? They're robbing people. They're prostituting yeah. themselves. It's yeah. it's it's awful. The fallout that that comes from this. You know, Sean, I remember when you uh, went off to do this. I thought, well, this is the worst plan. Uh, <laughs> driving into too. a place <laughs> I don't know, just shooting <clears throat> to come back with that and be able to put it together, just as a filmmaker. I think it's a remarkable thing. Thanks so much. Uh, and then you got the love from Tribeca. Mm-hmm. And I also remembered you weren't looking at a career that followed in the film festivals. And, no, well, uh, we, we only did that. And then we decided off of, um, off of you know, the, the success there and the urgency that we were seeing in the audiences to get this message out. We were like, let's, let's do self-distribution. And uh, so that's what we're doing. You know, we, we heard a lot of offers, but, you know, a lot, of, a lot of people, when they came to us to put this film out, wanted us to change it in certain ways to make it a little bit more digestible for mass mm-hmm. audiences and that's not something i'm interested in doing so we're putting this thing out ourselves and uh it's been going it's going pretty well so far but we need everyone's well, help what did what did they think uh, would make it digestible a little happier ending and, yeah yeah a little yeah. a little happier ending maybe offering some sort of solution or message of hope um but but the fact of the matter is like i said who would that be helping you know right. that, that's not honest there, there you know there, there isn't uh there isn't an obvious message of hope down there and if there is it's in the people it's in the people that are in this film the people that were courageous enough even though they're from a small town to say yeah i'll get on camera and i'll tell you about the depths of my disease so other Mm. people can see it and avoid these issues so Mm -hmm. that's what we're really trying to do with this film and you know the country has spent billions of dollars for the war on drugs yeah uh and i think uh, plenty of people did it with the best intentions Mm -hmm. 
but we failed. This thing has not worked. We lost. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know whether it's better to make drugs available and then use that same money for recovery for people who want to get off of it. Um, someone else brought up a thing of we need to be failing in a whole new way. Whatever we do, we have to uh, at least agree that we've got to go in an opposite direction. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I, th- I, I think personally, I think the war on drugs is, is total bullshit. And uh, I, I just don't see how caging these people who actually really need help is is doing anything for anyone and well it's, it supports the department of corrections and, and right it's a whole industry they're building prisons for your children sean oh yeah they can <laughs> already and by the way a guess, lot of business guess what you can cop in those prisons absolutely Drugs. Baby. the one thing right. that is available sometimes from your co <laughs> yeah one thing that's available um here is um here's al in maryland go ahead al hey ronnie yeah. Hey, I live near the uh, Western Maryland, near the West Virginia border, right across the river, and we uh, built ourselves a new Walmart there a couple, about two years ago, and this gang of thieves uh, somehow got a hold of one of the pharmacists you mentioned is dangerous to be a pharmacist. They got a hold of this pharmacist, threatened her family. What they wanted was the names and addresses of people getting oxy prescriptions, and when they picked them up, and uh, she would alert them when someone picked up a prescription, uh, later that night, they'd strong arm, bust in the house. Typically, it was a trail or something like that. Steal it, and it, it went off for a couple of weeks, and they shot one guy through a mobile home, and finally the police called up to him pretty quickly. They weren't uh, geniuses, as you can imagine, but uh, so it ended. But, uh, yeah, the pharmacist was kind of held, uh, you know, at bay with these guys, being held, you know, threatened. Yeah, uh, and we are seeing more of that, and we got to look at Here's a uh, pharmaceutical rep that sells pills, says he wants to correct us on some things. Here's Trevor in Gainesville. Hey, what's up, guys? Hey, um, just, you know, just a couple of things. You know, first of all, the pharma guidelines don't let you do any kind of pens and pads and stuff like that. So that those days are over. Um, the guy that said that you turn a blind eye and close the, your study and, and wink at the doctor, I mean, you know, it depends how bad you like your job. I mean, you'll get your ass in a sling in that these days. And, um, you know, across the board, they've been making – been trying real hard to do a lot of extended release, tamper resistant things, and, and stuff like that that makes it makes it less attractive for the abusers. But yeah, the whole thing started really with Purdue back in what 2007, where they were misleading the information and saying you know that one caller was right, where they they were sending it out to any doctor that could that had a script pad basically, and started this problem. Um, what the, what it's doing is the bolus that you get, the immediate release component from that. That's that's the hide of the people. That's what they're chasing. And if right. something doesn't have a bolus, then it's not really attractive. You're really getting down to pain management. But without that bolus, which basically, in a sense, turns down the volume of their pain, you know, um, and that's all it does. It just turns the volume down for a little bit. You've got people sitting there staring at their watch. In three more hours, I'm going to take another one. That's right. But, you know, Dr. Drew was in here at one point saying even the tests that were done on people – in people that are in actual pain, and this stuff doesn't really relieve long-term pain. And I, I mean, I think you got to feel for anyone who's in long-term pain, yeah. and think obviously whatever we can do to bring this down. I don't know if those drugs were are really helping even in that area. 
and and the the addicts even you know it, it seems like they find ways around any anything that they put in these pills to make them less attractive Absolutely. to them you know right. we, we've seen every, uh, i saw all kinds of ways that people figure out how to shoot these up anyway so there can be a genius to that kind of addiction oh totally you know just in the same way that people can make alcohol for themselves yes. wherever they tend to be there's there's a, a way to keep getting higher faster stronger longer uh longer <laughs> and is that a criminal offense you know that's what we have to also look at is there ways to keep these people as they're trying to maintain and get off this drug can we do something but treat them like criminals can we do something else uh here's a friend of mine scrambler in chicago hey scram Hey, Ronnie. Um, we've talked before about me being on a lot of opiates. Uh, I'm in long-term pain, have been in them for a while, and I've been, and I say clean for a year, and I was never really getting the benefits of drugs, and they tried me, I mean, they, they tried me on everything, uh, and I always took it as prescribed, but I never, it, it never made the pain go away. It would make it slightly more tolerable, but the, the negatives of being in withdrawal without having the high of actually, or the pain going away, was uh, I wanted to get off of it more than I wanted to be on it. Uh, and, I, and I say I'm clean, like, like I was addicted to something, and I, I wasn't getting what I would consider a positive benefit. I mean, every time, you know, my pills would run out, I'd start itching and getting sick and throwing up, and I, I'd go, you know, I'd, I'd have DTs, but... Like like I said, I wasn't getting the the pain doesn't go away, Ronnie. And what you just said about chronic pain, it it doesn't go away. It's I I had I got that from Drew, who said that people um, actually who got sober, who got clean, were less pain than the people who were taking pills. That when they sit and measure it, how much is is tar, uh, you know, can you tolerate? Um, but you. Uh, Scramble, you really don't even have like an addictive personality, right? Right. Your personality was about getting high. Me, they were giving me uh, higher doses of drugs because they said that uh, I had I was more like a, I wasn't I was very of the opiate, and um, the the doctor said, "Well, let me put you on a fentanyl patch because that lasts." or four, I can't remember how many days, but you don't have to take pills all the time. And when I was on that, it would it never worked, and it was like four days between doses. I'd be in withdrawal for three out of four days. Uh, and like you said, I, I don't have the addictive personality. I can start to stop. I, I, you know, I casually drink, but I've stopped for yeah. months at a time because I just didn't want to have a drink, right? All right, Scram. You know, I can be out and all that other stuff. So, all right, thanks, yeah. buddy. We're going to move on for that. I think most people have no idea how bad dope sick can be and what you will do to get out of it. You know, uh, Ron, speaking of uh, of dope sick, you know, and, and the expense that these people are willing, like you were talking about the young lady in, in Oceana spending $600 a day, can't imagine, on her Oxycontin habit. What happens is when you don't have the money, then we go to heroin, mm -hmm. which is uh, a much cheaper high. Yeah, and, and you're uh, not leads seeing us to that. the same place, and we're not even talking you're, you're about that. You're not even seeing that in, in, in this community that, that this film's about, right. because it's just, it's so remote that, that it's it's just not there yet. And, and when it does come there, 
there. It just it goes in waves. But where we're from, for instance, about yes. an hour north of here, we're seeing a huge rise in heroin oh. use. And yeah. uh, you know, you're dealing with with people. They just run down to the Bronx. Yeah, yeah, they run yeah. down down in the Bronx, man. And they're, they're back, and uh, you know, they get there high for free. They cop it ch cheaper. And right. they come on, they get theirs for free, and then we just we stay high for a little while. But and they're in and out of the system for the rest of their lives. Absolutely, man. absolutely. It's uh, and it really doesn't huge. have anything to do with community and community pride. And good family, all the bad good family, family, all the things. Church, going. you know. There's so many people that'll say to you, but you know, he was raised so nice, and this, that. And, or, Where did I go wrong? Yeah. Or the other, the addicts thing of, oh, my, you know, my neighborhood was like this. There's people come out of bad neighborhoods, Absolutely. bad families, and they never do this shit. Correct. All the excuses become right. just that, just mm -hmm. excuses. Mm -hmm. uh, all the reasons not to are just that. It, it doesn't discriminate. Yeah. It comes down to some personal thing. For me, the best hope are... People like Jack who've been through it on the other side and want to help. Mm -hmm. um, that tied in with some people in the medical community, and I think we could be well on the, on the road to understanding this. We have a huge prejudice against that, though. Well, yeah. that, that's the thing, and that's what I, I've been saying with this film coming out, is if we could start changing the, the, our, our kind of cultural, you know, our, the way we look at drug abuse and addiction and, and the way we look at these people, that, that's, a, that's a first step. Not looking them, at them as criminals, but people that need help. Right. You know, and Ron, you know, also, you know, uh, a big push up to you, you know, for addressing these issues on a national basis, because it is national. As you can see, you get calls in from everywhere in the constantly. country. Constantly. Constantly, you yeah. know. And, uh, you know, I admire you for that. And, uh, you know, I think that, um, you know, we could rally around your flag maybe and, you know, reach out to a lot of people. You know, perhaps there's other things we can do behind you. Uh, Something we can talk about <laughs> off the air. Sure. Oxiana is out available online. You can purchase the DVD, Blu-ray, digital copy at the film's west, uh, website. Also um, available on iTunes. Go to oxiana.com to view the film. Uh, for me personally, because I know some people were like, uh, could have a hard time relating. I related to almost everyone in the film. I, I did not feel like anyone in the film was a bad person. No. I just felt like no. they were in a bad situation. Right. For me, it would be no different than if you saw people who weren't getting enough food, who were in a disease situation, mm -hmm. or pollution had wrecked you know, an area and was causing cancer. These are people who are just in a, a spot um, that I believe that they can all get out of. Absolutely. I mean, and, and we weren't just talking to people who are just your everyday addicts. We have that, but we also have in there, there's drug dealers and there's prostitutes and there's a murderer in there. And, you know, people were really forthcoming because they, they, there is that sense of urgency down there that, that we do need help to, we, need, we do need to get some help to these communities communities beyond just law enforcement um i'm going to take some more calls here uh let's go over here to um chris chris in new jersey how you doing pal hey ronnie yeah um i've been sober for about two years and i love this topic whenever it comes up because it's something i would have never paid attention to uh before and just want to thank jack for uh service and helping people um my comment is just uh yeah we've effectively legalized drug dealing in this country with the uh 
drug reps and drug sales. It's like much bigger than the cartels. And um, my other point was that the Oxy, ever since they tried to make it a non-abusive formula to um, curtail on the on the abusing, um, people just jumped on the Roxy's and generics and then also heroin. It's mm. just all bad. There is always going to be a new drug. There's always going to be a brand new drug. Yeah. That isn't even. That's the, why they're in yeah, business. <laughs> yeah, it's it's never. Everyone thinks if we can stomp out this drug somehow, it'll be okay. But it, I guess, it deals more the the stomp out the need for that drug is what we've got to deal with. You that's, know, that's deal the with question. the demand. Yeah, yes. and that's the, the question supply. I wanted to ask Ron. Also, was what permeates, what draws our youth? Uh, to to want to even you know get the get out of themselves you know to to use you know yeah. and then become an addict before they even graduate high school or whatever the case may be mm -hmm. uh, young people it's just I'm seeing in 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 the circles that I uh, walk in I'm seeing an awful lot of young people that are just sure. they're done before they even get out of the gate you know hopeless hopeless what do I do to say nothing of the psychiatric problems that have developed because of it you know. So, um, you know, my my question to you is what you know, that's that's another issue. I guess a whole nother show is well, a, what, it, what 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 brings us there? Is it because everybody's going home, getting off the school bus and sitting behind a computer and, and they're on Facebook you, and didn't you drink when you were a kid so, though? I mean yeah, I couldn't baby. wait yeah, to drink. Did, it's yeah. the same I, I think Absolutely. it's the same thing. Me too. Yeah. You know? That's what it is. Can't wait to get free and get happy and Yeah, you know, I mean yeah. for me it's uh, you know, people wanna tie one on, whether that is have beer, have some shots or, you know, get high, whatever. Mm -hmm. But so I think comes to the addictive personality. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I yeah. mean, I think people need a little bit of an, ex an escape. And what you're seeing in these really small rural communities is there, there. You you can't just go get a joint and smoke some weed down down in these small towns in West Virginia. You, there are no bars in, in Oceana. There are no places to go and socialize and, and and do that stuff. So people are really kind of and there's a stigma attached with it because of all of the, the religion and Christianity down there. So so people are kind of taking in into their own homes. And I, I think what the dentist described in the film is people don't realize when you have that pill bottle. Yeah, it might make you feel good, but you don't realize what what you're doing addiction wise. That step up you're taking mm -hmm. from from smoking some weed or, or maybe getting drunk so well i don't think that you're thinking about anything other than just making it through today you know what i mean i don't think it's anyone yeah. i don't think there's a lot of addicts that sit around and think with a five-year plan here's what i hope <laughs> to be doing yeah right yeah um i think you're right Ron. let's go over to um let's go to brody in dallas you're on the run of fed show Hey, buddies. This yeah. is a great topic. I want to just thank you for making it aware and putting it out there. Um, I've worked as a pharmacy technician in several different states, and it's a very dangerous thing like you're talking about. We're having now to where we have to have time lock safes. We have to have, uh, you know, silent alarms, security training. And to the point about what draws the youth to it, a big part of it is that, you know, a pill is something that appeals to them because they think it's safe. You know, oh, I'm not getting something that could sure. be that Exactly. Time. And something like that. And, and in terms of how, how to stop it, you know, we have to take people's IDs and things like that for, you know, mess, uh, you know, pills or, or, I'm sorry, you know, for, for cold medicine. But we are powerless when it comes in the pharmacy to trying to report anything to law enforcement about somebody that we might think is, is abusing it because of ethics. 
So it's, it's something that we have to look at as a community as to how we can work together to try and stop this. Because from a pharmacy perspective, it's difficult. We're in a, we're, we're in a, a catch-22 situation. Right. Right. All right, thanks, Brody. Uh, here's Brian. You're on the Run Fed Show. Hey, Ron. Yeah. Hey, this is my hometown they're talking about, Wyoming County. Is that right? <laughs> yeah. This was wild. I was just ch- tuning into the show. But, yeah, I grew up in uh, Baileysville, which is right next to Oceana. Uh, get those gentlemen to talk about all the missing people they have down there. I mean, a it lot of It shows up in this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, while we were down there, there was, I believe, seven people missing. I mean, and this is a small community, as you know. Uh, so if, to have that many missing people, and, and it, it's all drug-related. And we, we have a guy in the film that talks about how his Gosh. brother was... His brother was missing, and uh, they found him cinder blocked to a bottom of a pool with snitch carved in, in his chest. Yeah, uh, yeah. you know that, that's some really dark stuff for what is what is otherwise like a really a, a nice little rural community. So you, you, it's it, it, it's amazing what this what this drug can do, and and the black cloud that it can that it can spread over the places that it goes. Yeah. Um, Brian, have you been back lately? Uh, I, I've been home. I, I joined the Marine Corps at 18, so I left. And, I mean, it is so depressing to even go visit. I went home for my grandma's funeral about four years ago, and all my cousins, and nobody's working, but they all got brand-new vehicles, and hmm. their teeth are rotted out. I mean, it's like it's, you know, everybody's drugged up. It's, it's, it's screwed up, man. It's well, sad. Do me a favor. Watch the film, and then call me back and tell me how much... Of it felt like you know your childhood. Oh, see, yes, sir. See if I'll we can uh, see how much you can relate to on it. Uh, here's uh, Glenn in Halifax. Yeah, Ronnie. Uh, yeah. A great topic. I hear, I listened to these guys back in May when you had them in. It's great that great that they got this movie put together. So good job on that. But you know, you talk about your country. This is this is this problem is ravaged parts of our province up here in Nova Scotia. We have a, an area that's primarily coal mining. The mines are all shut down and and uh, fisheries been decimated and we have so many young guys and girls that have lost their life to oxycotton up here and it got so bad that people were watching the obituaries and just breaking into homes during funerals. If someone died, you looked at how they died, seeing that they were dying of um of some sort of of some sort of illness that there was a chance they might have had oxys and they just hit the house while the funeral and all the family's gone and just tear it apart and find the oxys or whatever. So it's a good topic, but it but it is it's not just the U.S. It's everywhere. Um, and again, to go back to a place that's beautiful, Nova Scotia is one of the most gorgeous places I've ever been in my life. Uh, and you brought up that this town is oh, a beautiful yeah. spot. Uh, one of the one of the most beautiful places I've ever been in this country, and and filled with some of the best people you'll ever meet. And they, and they really are. Even the addicts, they they, they they really are. They're they're good, kind hearted, hard working people. And 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 that's where this starts. You know, when Glenn mentions uh, you know the, the coal mining in Nova Scotia or, or wherever he was from, um, you know that that's where it starts. It start these pills started as a positive thing to keep these coal miners back at work and. You know, th- those being in your in your medicine cabinet in, in these types of places are a really dangerous thing. Um, let's go over to TJ, California. Hey, Ronnie, how you doing? Hey, man. So, you know, uh, out here in California, it's, it's, it's actually, you know, I'm an uh, ex-addict, but I uh, had to go on the methadone. It's really tough to get that, any of those uh, narcotics, any of the uh, painkillers. They really are, are cracking down with uh, records and uh, all that. But uh, my, my concern is, is this 
they are they are worth. It's harder to get off of that stuff than it is the Norcos or the Vicodins or the Oxys. Man, it is, I was on methadone and only 20 milligrams a day, which isn't much, and it took me about a month. Uh, I, I went to a rehab, and I was in a lot of pain. And, and, and I remember coming come off of Norcos, and it was only a week of that. that so the, the, out here, the, the real scary thing is replacement therapies and people on this stuff for years, and you cannot get off of that stuff. Mm. You can't just cold turkey methadone or suboxone. It is a long battle, and it, it, it's brutal. So there's a whole other underlying problem that we're having uh, with this with this whole oxy, you know, the oxy problem. It's a, it's it's, it's a, another wave coming of, of the replacement. And it's, it's more expensive uh, the suboxone than, than scoring off the street. It's really a, a scam. But yeah. man, it's brutal to come off that stuff, and a lot of people don't. They're on it forever. All right, uh, I appreciate you uh, calling. Yeah, I, 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 I get concerned about the, you know, the whole methadone thing and feeling like that's a positive step. Because uh, it, it's a little more manageable for these people, but like you're saying, I still mean, don't want anybody driving on it. Believe no. me, when I oh, tell you the brake lights come not. up fast in front <laughs> they of you, sure do. you know, mm-hmm. it's you, you, you're high. You're just fucking high. Yeah. You know, and the manageable part of it is, I think that they just hand it out every day, and you know, but go to down to the park here on methadone day, and there's people sleeping all over the place. Yep. Um. The, and then you add a little Xanax and you get close to what a heroin high is. Boom. That's You always have that kicker. You always yeah. have that quick kicker. That's right. Never leave it on its own. <laughs> um, Oxiana available online. Go to Oxiana.com. You get the DVD, the Blu-ray, digital copy, the film's website. Uh, we were talking, Sean came in here in May with an idea, and then the next thing we know, he's dominating at Tribeca. It all seemed like it happened so fast. Yeah. Uh, what was that experience like for you to take that? It, it was really humbling, you know. Uh, it, it was. I I really didn't know what people would think of this type of film because, like I said, we we kind of went out of our way to make it raw and real and immersive, as opposed to to informational and and we didn't tack a Hollywood ending on there. So, uh, you know, I was I was shocked by the response, and uh, like I said, it just created this sense of urgency in us to get the film out and not just not just do it on film festival circuits to get this out to the people that need to see this right i also think the one of the most interesting things is that you got the people to open up like that people want to tell their story they do um sometimes you'll look at these people and go you know is that story 100 percent true it certainly is from their point of view well that's their perspective yeah. yeah yeah i mean and i wasn't gonna gonna question when 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 someone says to me uh, you know half my my graduating class is dead my follow-up question is not going to be well exactly how many people have died in this and that that's that guy's right. perspective you know and I, I i was more interested in this film and in why they were saying these things as opposed to the specifics of what they were saying sure um but the fact that they were willing to sit down and do that in front of a camera yeah. has got to make you think people are needing something. You know, what I mean? you don't do that if if you got your shit together with your drug addiction. You're going to hide that. You're not going to say, "Come on in," and I got a million stories to tell you, mm. and I want you to you to watch me doing the drug. Yeah, and and not yeah, not just not just addicts and abusers, but people that are selling it. You know, people these people were inviting us into their homes and saying, you know, talk to me. Look, I, we need to get this story out there. Here's uh, Mason in West Virginia. Hey, Ronnie. Uh, I just want to talk about 
Your phone's kind of screwing up, but I want to hear from you. <laughs> Shit. Here is um, Mark. You're on the run of fish show. Mark. I think you said Mark, right? Yeah. Well, hey, Ron. Love the show, man. I just want to congratulate these guys. I, uh, I'm celebrating six years in a couple months. And uh, I had about a 10-year battle with this drug that was uh, the worst thing I've ever experienced. I did uh, hundreds of these pills a month. And uh, the thing that's the worst thing about it is this stuff gets people before they even know that they're hooked on it. And, uh, like, I, I started out the same MO as everybody else with back pain. And before I knew it, I was shooting them. I was doing dope. And uh, at the end of my run, I just... Uh, I figured there was only one way. I could never quit doing them. I actually jumped in front of a car and tried to kill myself, but thank God it didn't work. You know, I, I laugh about it today because um, I've been sober, you know, and my life is the best it's ever been. But for guys to put an awareness out, like what, what, what they're doing with this film is phenomenal. And the biggest thing is I just went in for surgery, and it, it falls back a lot on the doctors, man. They, I went in and told them I was a drug addict and I, and I you know, what I was addicted to, I was an intravenous drug user, and they still, even after me going through this spiel, they still wanted to prescribe me narcotics when I left. I went through the same thing and with my... Me too. They would not believe me, and it, it was really frustrating. We really need to get those guys on board. Yeah. And I said to them, I said, you know, I don't think you understand. I said, I'm going to be the guy that's kicking your door down when you're sleeping. <laughs> right. <laughs> that's right. And, I, and he looked at me like I was joking. I said, I'm not joking. And my, and my fiance was with me at the time, and she was like, he's, he's being serious, you right. know. I tried to explain. I go, you don't. If I do this the way you're saying, you're not talking to this guy ever again. (laughs) And the other guy is going to be lying. And you know what I mean? I know this. I'm telling you, you know. But I don't think that the that the doctors really completely understand. And that's the the benefit, Mark, uh, uh, Mark and Ron. You know, of being on the other side, having a little bit of time under your belt. And Mark, I'm sure you can relate to this completely uh, because I'm coming up on six years and a few days, and uh, just to have my head out of my ass. You know, I've I've got a little bit of clarity now. I can see the writing on a wall. I know where I came from, and I know what happens when I go back after repeated experiments. Many experiments. I'll do it this way, that way. Right. And, uh, you know, it, it never came out successfully, you know. I'll only so do it on the weekends. I'll only do, do it, it on the weekends. Right. Uh, you know, whatever it may be. And uh, the, the bottom line is there was no success behind my, and, and it turned into full-blown addiction, you know. And, uh, um, uh, uh, but, but, you know, Ron, once again, you know, it, to be able to know where you came from and to not go back, and you have to. Do, I had a similar experience. My wife, for example, I came out of hip surgery. She was the first one in his face. Do not prescribe. Right. As they were discharging me, full blown. Let's give him Dilaudid. That sounded great to right. me. <laughs> sounded great to me. And at the time, I wanted it. I would have taken it, but she prevented it. You know, that was a tough thing to swallow. But you know, today, I tell doctors, I'm a drug addict. I, I'm not here for for a prescription. I'm here for treatment. An X-ray, a CAT scan, whatever it may be. Tell me, you know how how much I've progressed in my disease and my my arthritis. But the bottom line is, uh, you know, you've got to be responsible for yourself, and it's really good to put that time behind you long enough to be able to do that, to step up. And it does take time, and it does yes. take just 
that's another thing that yeah. th- that's tough to tell the young people, like, oh, in a couple of years, because that's like 10% <laughs> right. of their when life already. That's right. You know, like, no. That's right. right. Um, here is uh, Mason. Mason, go ahead, buddy. Hey, Ronnie. Sorry about that earlier. That's it's, okay. Uh, it's an amazing epidemic that wasn't in existence 10, 12 years ago. Uh, I used to run a sales route through Oceana, and it used to be a country little town that was good people, Bible Belt. Now it's Cash is valueless unless you're buying pills or trading pills. The methadone is as big of a black market thing because now at the clinics, they'll let them take take homes. If they don't light it up like a Christmas tree, when they have their little test, they'll let them have take homes. They immediately go out and trade them for an Oxy-80. We have a crime epidemic in the outlying areas from Oceana, Beckley, Charleston, Boone County, to where people, they'll break in and buy and Smash, grab guns, jewelry, the little bit of cash that they can get. They'll leave the TV. Take the PlayStation, but leave the controllers. Take the laptop, but leave the charger. They'll take it sometimes to a pawn shop, but nine times out of ten, they'll take it to their dealer. A $1,200 Sig Sauer P226, they get an Oxy-80 for it. Yeah, we had a woman in the film say that the underground economy there trumps everything. Absolutely. It's amazing. It's it's worse than food stamps or green stamps or winders could have ever been. Uh, it, and I'm I'm sorry to say, but I am 50 miles away from Oceana, and I hate to see our little community die like this. And, you know, I, I think I think we do too. And I think that you know that's the thing. Like you know, we're, we're all in this together. And you know, th- I, I hate to see this happening to Oceana as much as I would. I, I hate it. I hate seeing it happen in my own hometown. So, you know, the the way the, the way to combat it is to get these stories out there. I suppose. Right. You know? You're not alone out there, Mason. Believe me, Jeff. Amen, way. brother. Listen, we we put up a lot of kudos. You took a lot of flack from the locals that oh look at this big Hollywood producer coming in here. Well, let me tell you what. You got the word out and. It made people think. Were, were there people that were just... Oh, boy. Just the fact that you showed up at all? Oh, yeah, yeah. A lot of people were upset. I, I think there's a, a misconception, too, that this is about money, and I, I just want to say to anyone that thinks that is, I, I don't think documentary and money go in the same sentence. I don't think they ever have, well, so... He, yeah. Here's what gets to me, Sean. You could do this. Why haven't I seen this on MSNBC? Why haven't I seen this on CNN? Why haven't I seen this on Fox News? It's it's something that I think it's because there are no easy solutions and there is no easy here's the here's the common here's enemy. the bad guy. It's 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 hard for people to digest, and uh, you know I think it's it's something that people would prefer to ignore because of that reason, unfortunately. So you know, here here's a film that that can that can, like I said, scratch the surface and get these stories out there. I really I think it's up to independent filmmakers now. Though uh, I brought this up, the Vice did a thing on South Chicago. It's yeah. the first time I understood it at all. Yeah, I go up to this point, I did not know what what why this thing was happening it, like exa- this. There's another great film about that called The Interrupters by Steve James, who did Basketball that, jo- Diaries. Yeah. Amazing, you know, and, and that's what it's going to take uh, us filmmakers to, to get out there and expose these stories. Um, all right, we're going to take a few more calls, but I want to remind you, you can go to oxiana.com to view the f- a film, find out if you want a, a DVD, a Blu-ray, a digital copy. Also, it's available on iTunes. Uh, we'll take a couple more of these. Um, here is uh, Tom in West Virginia. You're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, guys. How are you? Good. Hey, I, I live in Beckley, uh, which is probably the biggest town closest to Ocean, you know, a town of any size. Anyway. Uh, and uh, the locals, the local media, uh, in, in response, 
say all the local media, but some of the local media is a little accusatory uh, because of the film being funded by Kickstarter and and, and everything else that, that, that you're actually, you know, exploiting these abusers rather than helping them. I, I was I was just curious as your response to that. I mean, uh, uh, if if you see the film, you'll understand that that my voice isn't in there. This was really a vessel, and and for 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 the addicts' voices, for these people to tell their stories. So, I don't know. I, I think the argument could be made that they exploited me to to, to have their story told. So, I, you know, it, it, there's any any time you make something uh, compelling in documentary, you're gonna you're gonna be accused of exploiting your subjects. But everybody, I mean, th these are people that came to us and wanted to have their voices heard, so we allowed that. Great, I appreciate it. Thanks. So local media not overly excited. I mean, at, at first, yeah, yeah, there were, and and yeah, there's been a lot of really epic misquotes and taking my words and stretching them and, and just just batting me around in, in general. But you know, I, I have a thick skin for it. It's okay. I understood, and we understood going into this how sensitive a subject it was. But the really encouraging part is, as people have seen the film, they're changing their minds about it. They're realizing what we set out to do with this, and it was to put a face on addiction, not to not to take some town to task or throw them right. under the bus in any way. And I don't, you know, we talked about this uh, across the country, also in Canada. Uh, I don't know if you could sit down and say anyone is to blame, but the problem exists. That's the important thing. You know, if you're at your house and something happens with your goddamn sewer, it doesn't matter whose fault it is. You've got to fix that yeah. shit. Yes. This is where we are with this. And we know that the war on drugs thing hasn't worked. It isn't a matter of blaming the people who started it now. It's about getting back on track. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I, I, I despise saying uh, these people who could turn out to turn their life around being made, being made into criminals and, and then becoming criminals, right. you know? Right. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's really sad that, uh, that, that that's the path that goes down and you know like i said i think these people are really courageous for getting out there and telling their stories and i don't think they should be prosecuted for for it or anything we had the dea call our our publicist and and say you know why we're we're calling and right you know you, you yeah. get really weird stuff like that yeah. where they're, they're looking to arrest these people uh let's go over here to howard go ahead howard yeah what about uh what about the law enforcement because i know at a lot of little towns and all that the law enforcement is just as involved you know, that's where the drug addicts get a lot of their drugs. I mean, did you notice that up there? Um, uh, it, it, we didn't see any of that firsthand, so I'm not going to say anything about it. Yeah. But apparently that's that goes on in places. Mm. And also, you know, I'll go back to Sam for the, for the people in the town who says it's everywhere. You always feel like that when you're an addict. Yeah. Because you're, if, if you're a coke addict, you're like, hey, everyone's doing coke. Because that's the people that you're with. I'm sure that there's people all over America not on drugs. Yeah. We're not talking about that problem. We're talking about the people are. Unfortunately, now, you take these small towns that people used to move out of the city out, and there's now a gangster culture there because of this underground way of doing business. Yeah, I mean, and, and you're looking at, like, you had a caller say that this is new. It's ten, the last 10 or 12 years. Yeah, the, the, it is. I mean, the, so so it's so ingrained in the culture, 10 
a decade of, of this type of insanity. It's the Wild West in a lot of these places. You, you go there, and it, 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 it can be really scary. I'll take a couple more calls. Uh, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Here's JR in West Virginia. Go ahead, buddy. Hey, JR. Yeah, hey, guys. How you doing? Um, my question is kind of, you know, for the doctors, uh, I have a friend that's a doctor in West Virginia, and I'm actually from there. So I don't know that I've actually been to Oceana, but I have been to a lot of these towns. And, you know, you said uh, you, you go in and uh, an addict goes into a doctor. I mean, whether he's sick or not, you know, it puts that doctor uh, in a sort of a catch-22 situation because, you know, I mean, if he does prescribe narcotics, you know, I mean, first of all, obviously you got to believe him, but then, you know, it puts him in, in danger with, you know, either the, the DEA or the medical board. And, you know, it's just, I mean, it's a catch-22 for these doctors. Absolutely. Just, you know, no, really I, I get that 100%. And it's got to be tough when someone is crying to you, I'm in horrible Please. pain, uh, my neck, my neck, to not give them that drug, Correct. you know? Correct. Um, it would be great if there was a place to send them to try to teach them how to deal with pain without being uh, made into drug addicts. Uh, here's Luke in Canada. Go ahead, Luke. Hey, how's it going? Big fan, guys. Thanks. Can you hear us? Yeah, go ahead, pal. Yeah. Yeah, hey, uh, I sobered up in in 2004. I'm, I'm 30. I was 21 at the time, and I was your typical athlete that played all these sports, and I took a bad stick in the mouth, and uh, that was it. Broken jaw, and uh, it was the buffet at the pharmacy from there. Pretty much whatever I wanted, I could get. Um, it took till I was about 22, and it got so bad that I got admitted, and I spent uh, 10 and a half months in a residential treatment program. And without that, I, I don't know if, if I'd be sober or alive today. Because I mean, that stuff is tough to get off of. Just the physical stuff is is almost the easier part than going through all the anguish. Sure. That follows. Yeah. Um, I mean, and as for as for a solution to it, I, I think prevention is pretty much our only option right now when it comes to this stuff. Because once it gets a hold of you, it's hard to shake. And my, my family doctor was a great family friend, and he only wanted the best for you. But he, you go in there looking balloon, you could see your cheeks when you're walking behind the guy. I mean, you're going to prescribe him what he asks for, and the manipulation comes in because you're an addict just looking for a drug and, and hosing it. I mean, my jaw was wired shut and swollen, but every morning I'd crack myself in the cheek a couple times, so I'd look even worse and go get more pills, right? Yep. Yeah, I mean, and, and, you know, we talk about people faking injuries. There's people who will cause themselves injuries. Oh, yeah, the, 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 the emergency room guy. And Beckley told us that he had somebody that broke their ankle on purpose. Yeah. I mean, that that's just... Or that, allowing surgeries, elective surgeries to be performed on yourself to... Really? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Just... <laughs> he, know, he knows every scam in the book. Yeah. <laughs> he knows every scam out there. Yes. <laughs> um, here's Kevin in Houston. Hey, buddies. Hey. Can't wait to watch this when I get home. My uh, father-in-law is a emergency room doctor and actually owns three emergency care clinics that are really strategically around the city of Houston, which is a very large metropolitan area. He actually had a guy report him to the board, the medical board, for not prescribing drugs to him. He was at one of his clinics one day, and then the next day was at the, the other clinic clear across town, and the same guy showed up, and my dad refused to prescribe him drugs. 
The guy went in and reported it for not giving him a damn prescription. <laughs> that's, that's a desperation. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. later, bye. All right, thanks. Uh, the film is out now. Uh, Sean put this together uh, amazingly uh, very quickly. Went down and shot for three weeks. Edited it together. Once again, I don't know how you do the photography, but there's so many gorgeous scenes. No, thanks. I appreciate it. In that as well. Uh, and you can go to the website, oxiana.com, to view the film um, and digital DVD any way you want to do it. So thank you so much, buddy. Thank you. Jack, it's always great to have well, you come I in. I love you and like you, bro. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I, I, and I appreciate that the fact that 24 hours a day, if anybody ever has a problem on this show, we can, we can let them know where you are. I think Absolutely. it's amazing that you do that kind of stuff. And we'll see you guys My next pleasure. time coming through. Thanks a lot. Thank you, Ron. You're enjoying the Ron and Fez Show on Sirius XM's Opie and Anthony channel. More in moments. It's the Ron Fez Show. Thanks to uh, Sean and Jack Dunn, who were just in here. Um, they got me so upset, I had to do two Roxies. Oh, that's the exact opposite of what we were just talking about. Huh? Just Isn't talking... that to help get off? No, no. Ro Roxy sets uh, just re replaced Oxycontin. All right, send me a little Molly in. Intern Molly, please enter the studio. <laughs> it's very formal. Yeah. This is, this is a formal mentor-inter relationship.
Um, this got written into us. Oh, really, Hicks? Because you're the one filling the script today. Didn't you learn anything from that? Muscle relaxers, right? I'm not banging oxies. I'm just, I got, I got my back hurts, all right? That's the way it starts. I got to loosen it up. Molly. Yes. I want you to go to the emergency ward, act like there's something wrong with your hip, <laughs> get a script, and bring them to me. No. Promise us that you'll never take drugs. Pardon? Never take drugs like I those won't. After, especially after answering all those calls, I just feel so bad. Like it's terrible. Isn't it just it? seems like a, like it really could happen to anybody. And I don't want you out there on the street selling your little body for drugs. That's not what it's there <laughs> for. Your little body's here for one reason: to serve Jesus. I want you to be a nun. <laughs> okay. Do it up. Yeah. That's the only habit I want you to have. Get Religion? It? Habit. Oh, I see. No habit, that's their clothes. Right, right, right. Sorry, I didn't get the uh, reference. Heck, she got some uh, big news to break for. Should I just keep hitting Spy Report over and over? <laughs> Hit it once or twice. Couldn't hurt. Yeah, here it is. This ring Spy is. Report. Spy Mine Report. Ring. Bradley Manning. The man who started the whole WikiLeaks, he was the WikiLeaks mole who got the information to Julian Assange. Uh -huh. Not guilty of aiding the enemy, which means he will not be put to death or have the chance to be put to death. But he's still looking at about 136 years. Okay, that's a <laughs> long time. That is a long time. 19 other charges he was found guilty on. But this, the not the uh, aid the enemy was the big one where they could, you know, put him down. I hope we make it to cyber robot bodies by the time he's ready. I think he's going to make it. Yeah, this, this is, I mean, it's, you know, it's over. This guy's done. But he'll just, you know, he'll be alive for it. The sad thing up. is, what did he really accomplish? Hmm. Well, Assange is living in a... I think that was the Ecuadorian. He's basically in a jail cell. Yeah. And at an embassy in Britain for like over a year now. So yeah. Can't leave. Can't leave. But this is the same thing will happen to Snowden if the U.S. ever catches up to him. You think they'll charge him with uh, with aiding the enemy, though? They might try to get it. They try to do it with Bradley Manning. Yeah. But I feel like it's different because Bradley Manning was like, was releasing like federal documents, whereas Snowden was just like talking about domestic like NSA stuff. All those guys are on the run though. Yeah. All on the run. They ca they cannot be caught. Because they're going to just be, they'll never see the light of day, ever. They're not yeah. going to fuck around. They're going to 136 years. 136 years of waterboarding. That's <laughs> yeah. what he was... <laughs> I, if I was him, I'd say, look, I could see 110 years, but 136 is too much. I can't do it. It's cruel and unusual. 135, maybe. Talk him down a little bit. See, this guy must have shitty lawyers. It's tough to take on the United States of America, dude. <laughs> I and mean, you know, you got to do is look at our Olympic team. Uh, also, Bloomberg um, lost his thing for banning sugary drinks. Hell yeah. Uh, New York Supreme Court Appellate Division said the ban on sugary drinks over 16 ounces is indeed unconstitutional. So. You would think to yourself, either it's a bad uh, product that should not be on the market, or it's up to you. <laughs> Bloomberg said today's just ruling just a temporary setback <laughs> that he plans on going full ahead. He's going to peel. Dude, when is you, you're done in November, right? Yeah. Give it a rest, then. <laughs> nope. Well, you look, know, downshift a little bit. Once, once, once he's done with the soda thing, he has to destroy the cab industry, like he told that that cabbie. 
when I was in a cab the other day, they said now they are getting the electric cabs. And the little film thing in the back, they said by, I forget what year, one out of every three cabs will be electric. Bloomberg was right. <laughs> Bloomberg mobiles. Wait, why do people hate that? Um, why they hate... The electric the, cab. Well, the cab company doesn't want to spend the money on oh, it. Yeah, they have to revamp their entire fleet if he makes... If Bloomberg but Bloomberg makes says, you know... And it, is, it does make sense. If there's ever a place that you don't want to breathe in exhaust, it's on uh, city streets. <laughs> He's getting the um, pass... I will tell you this. Everything that Bloomberg is saying is the future. You will not be able to buy sugary things in the future. You will not be able to have uh, cars with just regular gasoline engines. He's the future. We're looking into the future with Bloomberg. That's horrifying. <laughs> where we're just losing one right after another. Well, I guess more and more states are banning smoking inside inside it, establishments. Right? It's never coming back either. Smoking's done. I wonder if I could somehow become like mayor of New York. Why can't you just sit around and smoke marijuana and be happy with that? Can't smoke that either. I know you got plenty. What? Love. I, I wonder if, like, if you go out to Fresno, you yeah. think in Fresno, California, you'd be able to. You want to send a shout out to your anonymous friend? What? 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 Anonymous friend? I don't even know what you're talking. I'm just talking about Fresno, California. I'm just saying that's a great town. I wonder if I could smoke cigarettes in there. But it being California, probably not. And Fresno says, what's up, Tex? <laughs> that was fun today, having Sean and Jack in. They were fun. awesome. Sean's a, a really nice kid, but Jack's the real deal. <laughs> <laughs> He's down. Yeah. He's been through it. But see, my favorite people in the world are the people that went too far and came back. I can't get beyond that. That might be kind of a prejudice. But I see a certain wisdom in that. Of I've been there, I really fucked up bad, and now I'm ready, you know, to do the right thing. Seems like he's doing good. There, uh, that's why I try. Uh, I would love it if you would go to a meeting sometime. Could you meet a bunch of people like that? You like being around Jack, right? Yeah, Jack's great. Yeah, you were quiet as a fucking mouse. <laughs> Fezzi, I noticed you were quiet, too. Yeah, I just have other things on my mind. Stuff that from this morning that are st that's still playing in my head, still breakfast? bothering me. Do you have trouble making breakfast? No, just the <laughs> stuff that happened on the Sam show. Because well, he forgot to bring my breakfast this morning, so I'm hungry. I paid for it. I just didn't bring it. So bad. I think that you need a nice, healthier breakfast than what you've been getting. What do you eat for breakfast usually? Uh, it's pancakes. Pterodactyl eggs. <laughs> <laughs> They're good. I love eggs. Hmm. Oh, so I'm just. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm just still upset about this morning, and I. Went to get the Dunn family some waters and was actually nervous going down the hallway. No one from management has come to see if everything's all right down here. It's just, you know, it doesn't feel safe around here. They also haven't checked on me, which has got me upset. I want them to tell me I'm safe. Mm. Yeah, like I'm not even alive. I like to like to believe I'm safe wherever I go, no matter what. You're not. 
Because a car could just fucking ram into you at any given time. So well, thanks, Jinxie. You know wow. what? Guess what? Somebody could call the cops and tell them what you're holding. What? Hold, what? Huh? No, why we're jinxing each other. <laughs> There's no jinxing going on. It's the same. It's, but what you said chaos. was a jinx. It's random. We're, we're pretty high up. I think, like, right now, there won't be any. Hey, I saw Tony Hawk skating around on a skateboard up here one day. So people are on. hit you. <laughs> Management better let me know that Tony Hawk's not going to run me over on a skateboard. <laughs> I've seen weird a skateboard on, a, on carpet. I got myself a skateboard, and I, I've been, like, skating to the gym. Um, and I know that I'm doing it wrong because people constantly stop me and ask me if I need help. Oh my God! Bring your skateboard. I'm going to see your skateboard. Okay. <laughs> Do not knock your front teeth out. I won't. These are my prized possession. Hey, hey, hey! Hold on, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> that was very controversial. Yeah. Around here, this place is nutty. It's a manic Tuesday today. It's just another manic Tuesday. Whoa, whoa. The only one thing about us, we all have fantastic uh, voices. That's true. We should do some harmony. A barbershop quartet. You know, we didn't even get to any of the boxes. We were going to do a lifeboat today. We were going to add it to your queue today. We should try to get them in anyway. We didn't talk about the, the another train crash in Europe. I was up last night watching the that propane explosion in that Florida. Crazy, which reminded me of the dome because they're dealing in propane. And then I'm furious about this. The dome is renewed, so I won't get an ending this year. <laughs> Wait a minute, the book that they made. The Stephen King wrote a book, and then they adapted it to the TV. They're already shot. They're making a sequel to it that's unwritten. Yeah. That sounds insane. This I, is why you hate to be nice to anyone and watch their fucking shows. I'm glad I didn't, I didn't get sucked. The thing that them. I was happy about this is it was going to have a beginning, middle, and end. It'll it, eventually have an end. It just might be the end uh, of the Yeah, but it would be an end that doesn't make sense because they had to stretch it out. Regular TV, like, I th I'd say the regular TV... Network does just doesn't care about having a final ending to a series. No, stars just, are falling. That's all they care about. They they're they're obsessed. They're just so scared. To, to, they 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 put out something new under the dome and it's a success. So they are fucking shitting themselves, thinking, "Wait a minute, we only said thirteen episodes. Now we have to we have to fucking stretch this shit out because everything else is gonna fucking fail." Uh, we're taking this to the limit, right? We gotta take one more break. One quick one. What? Yeah, we gotta take one more. I'm not gonna have a time to put a lifeboat in here today. Add it to your queue is up on the iBang. Some damn good stuff in there. Hell yeah. Go to the movies. How to Mod. Love it. It's great. How to Mod's amazing. It's one of my favorite films. Have you seen it? Yeah, I did see it. My sister's best friend's is Howard. aunt is that um, person in the thumbnail. Who's in the thumbnail? I mean, uh, uncle or something. Cousin? What's I don't know. What's his name? I have no idea. Are you talking about Bud Court? This person. Howard? The star? Harold, yeah, Harold. Yeah, that's Bud Court, right? Yeah, Bud Court is my, my sister's best friend's relative. Well, you couldn't get further away from you. <laughs> We're basically the, I mean, best you're, friends. You're, you're probably that related to a 
Aborigine. You know what I mean? Like, you're going so far now. 47 degrees of separation. <laughs> the hell's going on? Yeah. You're bragging about that, Molly? Probably would have been better if I knew, like, the relationship who was, and or... also who it was. <laughs> so, just forget I said anything. All right, what else we got besides Howard and Maude? Next is Heaven Help Us. I love that little film, too. Never seen it. Catholic uh, school film, Bronx, 1965. Uh... It's really very strong, and a lot of great actors in it. <clears throat> Some of the young guys went on, but a lot of great character oh, actors oh, yeah. in it, too. But there's always something about, and then we don't really have, you know, Catholic schools aren't the same as they used to be, where they were so hardcore. But basically, because the kids were like held down ja uh, gangsters, but wearing suits, <laughs> <coughs> wearing little uh, jackets and ties. It's very professional. All right, what else you got? Next is um, <coughs> Pusher. It's the first uh, movie by the guy who did Drive, uh, Nicholas Winding Refn. And it's the first like gangster movie out of uh, Denmark. And it's set in Copenhagen. And it's it's his first <coughs> film, and it's probably his best film out of everything else he's done. Uh, it's, it's better than Drive? It's I, you know, Yeah, it's definitely better than Drive. It's definitely better than Drive. And it's, it's, it's a lot different than his later work. Um... It's a really downer of a drug gangster movie, and it's kind of, it's very, it's realistic, and it's a real downer, and it's, if you like gangster drug I movies, do. check out Pusher. It was, it surprised me how good, how much I liked it. it was you could have one of those shows where you give thumbs up and thumbs down. Thumbs up to, to 1996's <laughs> Pusher. Uh, what do you got next? Next is uh, Ballast. It's from 2008. It's it's a film of. I don't know this film either. It's, it features all just all local all local people. They went to this town and they they, they cast the locals to be in it. And it's about like it's a family living in the Mississippi Delta that and there's a suicide, and that changes in everything. And, Who directed this? Uh, Ballast. Normally, add it to your queue. I know everything. You don't know it. Did you you knew Harold and Maude, and then did you know the other ones? Yeah. Hmm. yeah I didn't know these well, last two. Geez. These last two things <laughs> seem like they're... Are these both Chris Stanley's? Uh, Pusher's mine, Ballast is Shelby's. Intern Shelby's. Weird Shelby. Yeah. Uh, it's directed by Lance Hammer. And Lance Armstrong? Hammer. Lance Hammer. <laughs> and this this is he, this was his first film, Ballast. And his last... <laughs> I think he's made more. Right, what's the next one? Next is uh, Spike Lee's Bamboozled. I'm surprised that got picked. A lot of people don't like it because of the ending. I'm a fan of the movie, though. Yeah, I like Bamboozled. Who was behind that? That's classic Shelb. Intern Shelby. Yeah. He loves him some Bamboozled. I think he likes the racial aspect. I think Earl likes it, too. Really? It's about guys wearing blackface in <laughs> modern times. Yeah. And just, just how terrible the TV business is. <laughs> uh, what else we got? And last is Fever Pitch. I know that. That's a British film. Who put that one up? I'm not I'm not sure who put up Fever Pitch. I'm going to check. Uh, it's actually a very good one. Very good English film. Made into a shitty American film. Um, based on, the, on people that read Sox fans. But here's the premise. And uh, who's the writer who did this? It's um, That's Nick Hornsby. Right, when we were just talking about yesterday that you don't have famous writers anymore, Nick Hornsby is definitely a famous writer. But this was the thing, and it was somewhat based on his life, that a girl meets a guy. He's a great guy. He's a terrific guy. And they get along great, and they're going out to things. 
and then soccer season starts, and he's a fucking total asshole, <laughs> you know, obsessed, stomach in knots because of the big game, and she basically can't stand that him. Yeah. The off season, great dude, interesting, has a lot of interests. <laughs> His sports starts, and you know football fans like that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, you, you, it's already happening. Like, if I go to a party, it's already, any conversa the only conversation just turns to football. And fucking people talking about who they're going to take first in the fantasy draft. When there was other things to talk about before people are getting close to t fucking when football season's starting. Yeah, I guess the season tickets just got to the homes that ordered them. And so there's like pictures all over the World Wide Web. Of people sending out, here's what my season yeah, tickets look, at look my like. tickets. I'm like, cool. I have unfortunately found myself watching the NFL channel more than I want to. <laughs> It's happening, man. It's starting. It's under 40 days until the season starts. That's a long way away. <laughs> no, it's not if you really think about it. Cause, like, I am thinking <laughs> about it. It's not that long. We got almost a month to go. Yeah, I'm just going to wait for it. I don't want to become obsessed. You don't want to watch the preseason? No, not a single game. I will watch Hard Knocks if they put it back on this year. I think it's the Bengals again. Yeah, it's the Count Bengals. me in. <laughs> And I always always have a tendency to think who's ever on Hard Knocks is going to have a great year. Feeling like, pretty good about Hard Knocks. Like Miami last year. <laughs> <laughs> Miami had a much better year last year, honestly. They're, they're and they could some. be in the playoffs this year. I liked that skipper, and I thought I hated him. Uh, at the beginning of Hard Knocks, at the end, I started to get him. Well, I got Mike Thanks for being now. so quiet. Now you're rubbing your chest. Yeah, I'm just, I'm sorry. I'm just stressed. You can't come uh, out of that? I I am trying. I am trying to tell myself, think football season even. Which movie did you uh, put up? Um, didn't, I didn't have one of those in there. Didn't make it, huh? No. Uh, we got a break. It's real um, quick. I catch up. Real quick. Real quick. Okay. Single. We'll be right back after a single. Ron Fest show. Ron Bennington. Right, all right. Tez Wally. Yeah. This is the the Ron and Fez Show. Run a Fez show. I'm used to hearing Fez get emotional in the air, but looking over and seeing Chris Stanley listening to the song and his eyes have welled up, and there's yeah. a single silver tear running down his cheek. You just love this band so much. I huh? can't get enough, man. I wish you I just wish can't you get band. enough. <laughs> it's I'm in a Depeche kind of mode right now, <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> use, use their name, connect the, the two words. 
You're a pisser, Chris Stanley. You're a pisser. Love these guys, right? I felt bad when their plane went down. No. Oh, wait, I was thinking of Leonard Skinner. No. Oh, totally whenever, different band. Whenever anyone brings up a band to me, I go, is that the one the guys had a plane crash? Oh, I'm sorry, I was thinking of Skinner. Did people get nervous? Yeah. What? No way. Speaking of nervous, Fez looks a little nervous. You're just going to give up on today? I, I'm. You're out? I You're am nervous, yeah. I'm really, I'm still upset. I'm really nervous. Well, I'll just put out one thing that makes you feel better. You weren't in the room. So none of it has anything to do with you. It's like when you were little and you saw that scary movie and your mom had to take you to a shrink. What movie was that? I Want to Live. Hey, do me a favor and just see what year that came out. I'm kind of curious. I Want to Live. 1958. Wow, how old is this bastard <laughs> that he's taken to a movie like that? Holy shit. It was a late show movie on television. <laughs> was it? You saw it at the premiere. Oh, talky. <laughs> Mom, they're talking. How's that sound coming out? We're not going to have time to do Lifeboat today. <clears throat> Fuck. But the I'll just tell everybody what the lifeboat was. What was it? It was uh, Chris Stanley yeah. and three uh, kid killers. Okay. And I threw off Chris Stanley. I'm better than a kid killer. <laughs> I've never killed anyone. That's why I threw you out. <laughs> Shit! I didn't think you belonged on that boat. <laughs> I'm out of my league. He was looking out for you. Thank you. Bring it, you kid-killing sons of bitches. <laughs> You kid-killing bastards. This is one kid you're not going to kill. How are we doing on your birthday, your surprise party? Is that coming along? What? I don't <laughs> if it was a surprise party, why should I, should I know about it? I want to do a surprise party and then cast party for Oxiana same night. <laughs> Bring everyone up to the movie. <laughs> we'll all have to run a bus. Oh my and we're going to need some Oxys. <laughs> I never saw this uh, I Bang Viral. You've never seen a cannonball like this. I did see runner face plants. My new thing on the iBang is just to go to the viral page and just laugh at all the viralness of it all. <laughs> it's it's go so straight viral. There. Yeah, it's viral videos. They're all there. I like that cannonball one. That's funny. Let's see that. Do you want a cake or brownies? I'll take brownies. Let's get them now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Is there some place nearby called We've Got Bunches of Brownies or How Many Brownies Do You Want? I'll, I'll do a Google search and see if I can find a brownie store. Alright, here we go. Cannonball! Oh no. <laughs> How's that happen? That's pretty fucking good. <laughs> Cannonball! That's fine. It's crazy, huh? It's so funny. People are doing such funny things with it. I know. We were... Cannonball! No one is even Cannonball! amazed that he did this. <laughs> That's one of the longest cannonballs I've ever seen take place. <laughs> I think there was editing trickery here. Chris, if we baked you a big 30 cake, what kind do you want? Uh... 
Chocolate's fine. I don't know. Not ice cream cake? Do you it's want hard to bake. Do you want chocolate on chocolate? Sure. It's disgusting. It's supposed to be too much I, chocolate. I, I don't know about cakes. I don't know. What's you good? You just really like chocolate, huh? <laughs> it's okay. You never had a birthday cake before? It's always been ice cream cake. That's what my parents got me. And then after, you know, I don't fucking I don't celebrate my birthday. What are you going to this year? I guess. This is the big three zero. Yep. Everything. This is really now. the end of your... This is the beginning of middle age, really. Or maybe it's the the start of a of a reawakening of my youthful spirit, right? Yeah, thirty, flirty, and thriving. Mm, that's stupid. <laughs> Definitely not thriving well. <laughs> Would you like a chocolate cake, and then half the one half is chocolate icing, the other half is vanilla icing? Sure, like a giant uh, cookie. Yeah, like a black and white cookie. Yeah, that's fine. All right, I want to get down all of your best friends here. Yeah. Earl. Oh, yeah. Love her. <laughs> That's all I have so far. Shelby. Shelby. Shelbs. Ba? No. <laughs> you know, it's my party. Yeah, invite Ba. It's your party. You can have Ba if you want to. And I will. Ba if you want to. You want to have it at the ice bar that Ba holds court at? Do I have to pay cover to get in? <laughs> I had no idea what you two lunatics were talking about with the ice bar, but I had to put an end to it. I couldn't have a second fight. I just think it's sad to leave Molly out. It's nice. It's nice. Molly's too sweet. Oh, thanks, Fez. She's too sweet! How come that never comes back? When are you got to be back at school, Molly? I got to go back... Um the week before Labor Day. Shit. I don't want that to happen. No. Why don't we do this instead? You transfer to City College. It's fun there. the campus right right back out close okay, to your house. Okay, okay. I'll, I'll, yeah, you know what, I'll do it. I'll do it. Better education, too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Except for mother wants her out of the house. <laughs> yeah, she needs her alone time. Glug, glug, glug. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Just sipping on some goddamn wine coolers. Gin and juice. <laughs> Get laid back. Mm. She's a classy lady. She has nice. Yeah. Get some breezers. I know your dad comes in and checks out the place. Your mom never bothered. No, her. I, she was a. She yeah. was hungover. I know. No. I know. Every but it's every day now. She had to stay in her room during the day with the lights out, <laughs> with her medicine. With a cold pack on her. Head. I think it's Sean Dunn to do the next goddamn movie on her. Uh, you know that um, <laughs> oh Molly's God. mom saw Oxiana at the Tribeca Film Festival. She did. Classic. Yeah. yeah. She really liked it. No, no. Sure. It was like holding up a mirror to her. <laughs> right? right? She goes to her special doctor. <laughs> oh, my God. Dr. Feelgood. Yeah. So what you want me to do? Molly's mom. So turn off the lights. <laughs> 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 
What's your mom doing again? Mom? Um, she... She teaches communication skills to people. That's only like, like, uh, like sometimes though. There's a bunch of slurring kids out there. That <laughs> Talk right. That's the name of her new book. <laughs> and by the way, I got a new um, TV show that I'm into. Uh, I think it's called Property Envy. And you sit around and judge mansions. Like you see a mansion and everyone goes, I couldn't live there. <laughs> but it's a mansion. <laughs> I know, but this one mansion the other day. Wow, was it's the, really called Property Envy? Yeah, it is. <laughs> and it's just like gay guys and women. And the one guy, no one will bring it up, and he's very popular in that crowd. But he's just doing Michael Ian Black impression. Really? Yeah. Someone's got someone's to fucking set this guy straight. Well, their two worlds are apart. All right, that place made totally out of Redwood. Go back a couple. And it's a big sir. Huh. And they're all like, Ugh, I couldn't live there. It's what? too crunchy granola, um, you know, nor in the California pot smoker. Where the fuck do these assholes get off judging these? This and is beautiful. I, they despise it's it. It's a dream home for and, and Mike William Black is like, here's how I would sell it at night with the lights off. Uh. <laughs> and then later he goes like this. I don't like it, but then again, I don't smoke pot. I drink. <laughs> I, w I would fucking throw the TV out the fucking window if I was watching this show. No, don't. Leave it. Just you change the channel. <laughs> change the channel. No, I, I would. I'd it doesn't hurt them. It hurts us. It'll be so angry that <laughs> I will forget that you can change the channel. I right, look at the next shitty house, though. This is <laughs> just dead animals everywhere. Like and better. a couple spots, they just had like a diorama with life-size dead animals. <laughs> Holy shit. They had like over 50 dead animals. I didn't even know people did stuff like put Taxidermy? up a, an elephant's head. I didn't oh, think that was done anymore. It's terrible. That's really weird. Zebras. Yeah, there's the tusks around the uh, fireplace. It made me nervous sleeping in a house like that. Yeah. Just a bunch of dead animals. And then the second, go to the third house now. That's the rock house. That had a three and a half million dollar um, studio in the attic. That's pretty cool. It's a pretty nice house. They were disgusted. <laughs> saying, first thing I would do gut it and restore it to all its Tudor glory. Okay, good. You and off. the guy had the... I hate these people now. The largest pool in the area. And yeah. he goes like this. Largest pool. What does that mean? Oh, yes. Too big. I don't like it and I don't like the rock thing. I like <laughs> dance music. This fucking show should end with them just getting shot execution style by the owner of the fucking house. Just shoot them in the back of the head, dump them in the pool. They thought it was disgusting and it was in like a nineteen million dollar house. Of course. That's yeah. like what the that's like what we were talking about with Kate Upton, how like half the people criticize well, all the people basically criticizing Kate Upton could not get with her. No, couldn't get with her. We probably don't know anyone who could get her. Unless that we hang out with sports stars. Like, you could probably say... Um, Tom Brady could get her. Oh, yeah. And that's also because he's got a model wife. That would be his ex-wife. It's always the best thing you can do. Jeter have, could have, have a beautiful ex. Jeter could, Jeter could get her. Easily. It's just like, he can just make a phone call and she's at his house. Here's the interesting thing. Jeter could get Brady. <laughs> if he really wanted to. But could Brady get Jeter? I don't think so. Nope. No. I don't think so. No one can get Jeter, okay? That guy loves him and leaves him. Gives him a fucking pair of signed fucking baseballs. He gives them. Away. This is how disgusting he can go. <laughs> he, he's gone, 
And his assistant takes him to the car and gives him a gift basket that has like a Jeter jersey in it, some sign balls. <laughs> oh, let, me, let me see. What, At least they're not leaving empty-handed. Yeah. Everybody's a winner when they leave Jeter's bedroom. <laughs> God. And then they were with a five-time champion. Yeah, it's signed, signed Jeter memorabilia and usually a signed baseball. And sometimes oh my God! He, I thought you guys were making that up. No, no it's it's true. We never make up anything. <laughs> and that's like the only, the worst thing that's ever been said about Jeter in fucking what fifteen years or whatever it is. Yeah, nineteen years. But it's because he handles himself well, like a champion. Yeah, he's a classy man. No one ever talks shit about the guy because he treats ladies with respect. And the sun baseball. And he came back and hit a dinger on his way back in. Love it. Here's a 450-foot shot. Boom. Cheater's back. So Line up, ladies. <laughs> Who's going to be tonight's winner? Remember me? Huh? The captain? Fucking guys are great, man. Call the whole time. Thank you, captain. They have to keep yelling. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> are you saying you wouldn't be with Jeter? I don't even know him. You're a racist. <laughs> Look at Derek Jeter. You're a racist. You live in New York, you don't know who Jeter is. No, no, I know him, but I don't know you him. You don't know him, no. You're a good girl. That's good. I'm so proud of her. Thanks, you par- You party sometimes in the uh, bar that's in the building over here, like 48 Club or something, or 42 Club. Yeah, I go there. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. Party with Derek Jeter? Yeah. That's awesome. Can I come one time or something? Or- <laughs> no. We're keeping it classy. <laughs> I can keep it classy for a couple hours. I don't think you can. <laughs> The only thing I like about you is when you wash your hair and you get that new curl. Today you're all greasehead. Oh yeah, that I doesn't work. I, I, the back, I just fucking went to my apartment, and just lay down, lay down. It's like I can't do this anymore. <laughs> the funny thing is when you don't wash your new haircut, yeah. it looks like you you put your hair on backwards. <laughs> <laughs> crazy, it's crazy. Because you're still not talking really. I'm, I'm seriously still. I can't get that out of my head. That you cannot take the thing days, that happened today. You can't take days off. Everybody else went back to work. Troy came in here and, like a gentleman, he apologized. No, he didn't. <laughs> you don't think so, Far Molly? From it. Not really, no. Molly, do you feel safe? Yeah, totally. You're not. Then you. <laughs> then you're naive. Hicks, do you feel safe, or you think something bad's gonna happen? You're back again. Oh, I. I <laughs> I know I'm not safe, but also I know I add to the unsafeness. Oh, yeah. So it's, you <laughs> That's know. the best way to feel safe. <laughs> to add to the unsafeness. <laughs> to make it safe for the other unsafe. Yeah. Um, Sean Dunn, check him out. Oxiana.com. And his uh, dad, Jack Dunn. Great, great time seeing those fellas again. We didn't get the lifeboat today. Uh, lots more stuff up on the iBank. And we'll be checking over there ourselves a little later on. And you have to remember that this wasn't working earlier. So you might have to hit it. And that's the end of my show. Dong. Dong.